3: This
2: is the main
4: event. (laughs) 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 Throw me a freaking bonus here. This is the main event. Mark's bonus podcast brought to you by Bellia Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the man who rattles his snake every Monday night. Uh, I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the rock to my mankind. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Yeah, I
5: I do a lot of stuff short of killing to be The Rock, okay? (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> well well who are we killing right. uh, i i don't want to completely roll that out right. <laughs> uh, but yeah uh obviously the rock is you know a multi-millionaire has a this huge you know he's, he's like you, you might be selling a short well yeah is is he like the highest paid actor right now or i uh, just he-
5: was I I heard Daniel Craig took took over, which is weird because I don't even know what the hell else he's been in besides level seven, but last uh, time he I was in on the news or something was the highest paid.
4: Oh okay. Yeah Daniel Craig is in uh the the only uh, to your point, the only other thing besides uh you know the James Bond films was he's in uh knives out. And I really,
5: uh, made him a trillionaire, I don't know.
4: Yeah. This Raw we're gonna talk about. Not that it was uh groundbreaking by any stretch of the imagination. But there was uh, something big about the show.
5: In more ways than one.
4: Right. They were in the WWF, that is, was in the Georgia Dome, which is the WCW's backyard.
5: This is essentially WCW going into the garden.
4: Right. Yeah, they, this is where WCW had their biggest crowds ever. They sold it out for or at least came close to selling it out for nitros goldberg sold
5: it out i believe i believe it was forty thousand a sellout if not it was awfully close good enough to be called it, i guess
4: yeah right yeah close enough for rock and roll but yeah
5: (laughs) wcw
4: (laughs) breaking it out here
5: oh man (laughs) thanks (laughs) thanks for showing our age by the way on the pod
4: (laughs) reaching Uh, into the bag of tricks here But at least it's not the bag of gimmicks that that comes later. There no, that's the box bag of, gimmicks. of gimmicks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's the box of gimmicks. So <laughs> I got that wrong.
5: <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't exist.
4: Yeah, but uh, I I don't know about that, man.
5: Hey, you know what? Though it came out of a box.
4: It freaking did. Over. And this show, well, you want to talk about over? Some people on the show were over WWF itself as a brand was uh super hot at this time. They were heating up. They,
5: they had are, uh, they are completely in control of Nitro at this point, I want to say.
4: Yeah, they'd been in the driver's seat for quite a while. Yeah, 99, yeah. This
5: ninety nine, I think the finger poker doom was the last Nitro they ever won.
4: I believe ironically it. enough in the yeah, Georgia right. Dome. Right. <laughs> in this show Ironically
5: enough, they won after giving away viewers. I like, just it's always funny. Like, in so many ways. Yeah, right.
4: Freaking nuts. And this show we're going to talk about, there wasn't anything on the show that was like, oh my gosh, you've got to tune into Raw to see this, but...
5: Well, you've now said that nice, you're turning away viewers or listeners, so... Well
4: the, softly. well, the show itself is, uh, there's some stuff to talk about. The news segment, there's a lot to talk about, uh, and I definitely want to dive into that.
5: I think Before a lot we, of regular we, listeners know that the meat and potatoes of the show is the news, so...
4: yeah. The show itself is a—it's a fun review. Uh, it, it it put me back into my childhood. I I had just turned nine a month before this, so uh, or actually a couple weeks before this. So this put me back to ah oh, man.
5: And then fast forward to now, and you're using phrases like "close enough
4: for rock and roll." Wow, <laughs> so we're going yep. all,
5: all the way back and forth in this one. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, I I was well, a I was a
5: fun. i haven't even started yet I
4: like this. <laughs> I was a young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Uh, right here, you know, uh deep into my WWF fandom at this point. So uh big rock fan, big Stone Cold fan. I had posters no, of both no, in my no, bedroom. No, no, one or the other. You don't get to play both. It doesn't work like that. Uh I see I've never been one of them this or that. Kind oh of guy. screw like, that. I see I like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. I like I, I do like Star Wars. I do not like Star Trek, so that's the only one. But it's it's not a uh this versus that thing. I just don't like Star Trek. But Call uh, and I battlefield, come on, dude. No, that one I never got into battlefield, so I didn't, I,
5: it's, uh, it's so complicated.
4: Yeah, that that one wasn't uh, like uh. screw battlefield, it was just I, eh, I didn't like it, I didn't care about it. I like Call of Duty, so you know, I know get good, noob, but you know, whatever. Either way, before, <laughs> before we get into uh, all the news and notes of the uh, the time period. Time out here, real quick, to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code, main event marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order at checkout. And now we're going to go into our first break. And, uh, tell you to buy our stuff, uh, because just a moment ago, we, uh, we requested that you use our codes to buy other people's things. Uh, so go onto our site, buy our stuff now, especially here in October, we got some cool, some cool shirts, in my opinion, uh, for you.
5: In my non-biased opinions.
4: Exactly. Uh, you can buy a main event Mark's shirt. I know WWF or God, WWE, uh, Currently, I know a lot of their house shows, if they hold it on a Saturday night, they've been dubbing it Saturday night's main event. So where. A lot our...
5: better than Sunday Stunner, I'll tell you that.
4: Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, well, wear our uh, main event marks shirt, which obviously the logo is uh, inspired by the old school main event uh, or Saturday night's main event logo. Uh, or you can get one of our Starcade inspired shirts and uh, you can wear that whenever they Hold Starcade again because they usually do that for a house show once a year. So, and if you're
5: gonna do that, though, you better have a tan.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, um, main eventing tan, and of course, you know, you got to have a good haircut because people have to take you seriously based on your tan and haircut. <sighs> <Good for>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, after the main event, look dead into the camera and yell, Mama you know, that's after that's Nick
5: Patrick counts three, right? Like the way he should.
4: Exactly. No, uh, no screwed finish here. No screwed finish here. Bret Hart looks like a complete a-hole. Uh, Stark 897 now in the archives, by the way. Go check that out. That's Either why he
5: looks like an a I
4: uh, <laughs> Wow. Uh, we're going to go into our first break. On the other side of this, it's news and notes time right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Get ready to rumble dot redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store
3: slash main event marks.
6: Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com
1: slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop-in, where I talk about the sports beat in the capital district also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York Sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUp Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports.
4: Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main marks And we're back. We're back. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Shock Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from Green Apple or Watermelon. You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free. Well, so do we here at the main event, Mark's, and so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, Did you crack something? Hold on. There you go. All right. Go Blue uh no for all that it's oh the callback
5: What well, you heard at first by the way it was a party foul i accidentally tried to pop it and my finger slipped and <laughs> it didn't pop
4: yeah, so I, oh. I was like i think i heard a <laughs> pop I, I couldn't tell you heard it uh, you heard a semi-pop it didn't go yeah and uh, uh I cra- oh, what? go ahead <laughs> No, oh, I cracked my Monster Energy like way earlier in the days. So I, you know, I did that first day in the morning. So uh,
5: I am currently drinking the Rocks. Uh, coincidentally enough, the Rocks energy drink.
4: So oh yeah, what 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 was that called? Zoa. Uh, yeah, Zoa. Yeah, I I made a special trip before they they sell it in like basically all stores now. I can get it at my Walmart. Uh, but when they first came out, you could only get it at GNC. So I had to make a special trip, uh, to the next town over to get the specifically that energy drink because i never go to gnc
5: you want to know oh yeah well one of our listeners is gonna love you for that um (laughs) do you want to know where i got mine you might not believe it
4: where at the dollar tree huh the dollar tree yes okay how about that
5: but uh it's all they have was the original one no flavored ones you know so the good ones you got to go to walmart and stuff for. but they had yeah Yeah, during these inflation days by the way folks 99 cent stores are your best friend
4: Oh yeah, that's where I get the, like my spaghetti and stuff like that. Still tastes the same to me. Uh, we haven't done this in a while to start off the news, but unfortunately we have to start off with death. And I'm starting off because this is a big one here.
5: Yeah, I had a feeling I knew this was gonna be. Uh,
4: Robert Gorilla Monsoon Morella died on October 6th of heart failure brought on by complications of diabetes at his home in Willingboro Township, New Jersey. Ugh, New Jersey. Uh, he was 62 years old. His body was buried next to his son Joey Morella at uh, Lakeview Memorial uh, Park in Cinnaminson, New Jersey. I don't know. Nick Ravo of the New York Times described Monsoon as legendary and one of the most famous athlete entertainers ever to don tights. Longtime industry journalist Bill Apter remarked, "He was one of the best heels, what wrestlers call a bad guy, in the business. The Gorilla Monsoon image was genuinely frightening." Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll right like now, a Hollywood say, villain.
5: I'll say right now, if people didn't like his commentary, screw off.
4: Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, I could understand the argument of people that weren't super fond of him because he was he was the original. Like, I, I swear, Vince McMahon heard his commentary and was like, this is what everybody needs to do. They need to hit the same buzzword 5000 times a show.
5: Yeah, there was that. <laughs>
4: And Gorilla Monsoon, even though he's a former wrestler, didn't know the names of anything. Like uh, somebody would hit a backbreaker and he'd be like, What a side slam. But uh, I liked it when he used the word literally completely wrong. Like when Hulk literally two hundred thousand people in here. What
5: do When Hogan would come out, it's literally exploding in here. I'm like, so shouldn't you all get the hell out of the building?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would say I, I just, uh, I left his commentary with Bobby Heenan. They were a fantastic duo. And
5: him and Jesse, oh, so damn good.
4: Yes, okay, they, that is an underrated duo as well. I, I'll give you that. Him and Bobby, my favorite thing was Bobby would say something smart-ass, and he would go, will you stop it? <laughs> that was my favorite. Uh, he was a great, I just
5: watched the episode of, of Raw, by the way, where Gorilla literally threw him out of the WWE. Like He took him from the announce wow. table. Dragged him to the back door, threw him outside, threw his crap out with him, said, Get the hell out, you're gone. Said, wow. wow. It's like, but then looking back, I'm like, man, is there any more perfect
4: way to throw that man out of WWE? Like, right. seriously. <laughs> and the thing is, this is one <laughs> of those guys that it's very rare, but nobody has a bad thing to say about him. Nobody. Jim Ross said that when he first came to WWE, uh, he stuck, like, a uh, gorilla helped him out and stood up for him. And he said, I, I mean, the first show was WrestleMania 9, where they had to wear that toga. And.
5: Yeah, imagine that. A, a guy from Oklahoma having to wear a toga.
4: I yeah. Just get- uh, Why do you want me to wrap this bed sheet around my ass? Boomer <laughs> singer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> he said that Bobby Heenan was trying to rib him. And he was like, uh, oh, yeah, we're, uh, you know, don't wear. Don't wear uh, underwear under that, you know, and uh, he's like he's trying to convince him that nobody's going to be wearing underwear under their togas and whatever. You know, just go bottomless to the, the toga. <laughs> <laughs> and and he said, obviously, he was going to like, uh, you know, rib me or whatever, try to pull my toga up while I was on camera or something like that. But he said, uh, you know, he said right over his shoulder, I see Gorilla like staring at me and he's shaking his head. No. No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> And Tony,
4: Tony Schiavone said when he was in the WWF, Gorilla helped him out, always liked him, always stood up for him and, and guided him and everything else. So you know, everybody said he was just, he was great. Uh, Bruce Pritchard loved him. And He said, he said he was, he was a legit badass and he was a large man. And he said he would walk around the streets of New York and New Jersey with like five grand in his wallet cash. And he's like, Gorilla, why do you have that much in your pocket? And he's, or Gino, whatever they they called him Gino He's like, why do you have that much cash in you on your person? He's like, ah, you never know when I want to buy something <laughs> so for five grand cash. Like, good Lord, man. That's what Snoop Dogg does, man. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, right. Real Monsoon was OG before Snoop Dogg. Exactly. I look at those, you know, the glasses. He had the, the nice watches. The I'm sure he had his suits tailored, you know, tailored to uh, to his size and everything.
5: That is also—he's got a great suit on the figure I got. It's one of my most favorite figures I have.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's it's super rare. He's uh, iconic, man. I want—I wanted a figure of him. I guess. Well, okay, I—I I, 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 I do have a Jack's figure of him. <laughs> so, as
5: a wrestler, uh, yes. the black singlet. Yep. It's another rare one too. A lot of people want that. So, Cena, you, know, you got some gold on you
4: yeah i'm sure i got some gold in my uh in my toy chest out in the garage right now so uh I maybe one day a
5: random walmart stop on the way to
4: disneyland no joke i was like wow
5: thank you wow. jesus yeah, we gonna right. find this one again
4: <laughs> yeah all right you're welcome my son <laughs> ah well here's the other top story that we just uh were talking about i think uh a moment ago, WWF head writers Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara abruptly quit the company this week and signed deals with WCW. In interviews, Russo said that being overworked and burnt out due to uh, the addition of SmackDown led him to approaching WCW, <sighs> saying saying that he was drained from being on call 24 hours a day for the last three years working for Vince McMahon.
5: Okay, two things. I Number get one- that. That part I do actually believe because I've heard people to this day say it. Fisher sure yep. himself said it. Second of all, he's going to a company that already has two shows established. So what the hell yeah. is the difference between that and, and like Thunder and Smackdown? I said Smackdown's to... good. I I take that back, but what was the difference though? It's just two shows.
4: I'm going to assume that he worked something out with them where it could cuz his other thing was he he wanted more pay, you know, for more work. And Vince was like, "No, nope, same pay." You know, it, yeah, you know, it's it's just an additional show. It's like yeah, but that show wasn't there when he signed the contract. That's, that's one of the things, you know, when I talk about it, it's like, I, I am fully on board with it. It's like, look, if you sign the contract and you know what you're in for, don't complain that the job is what it is. But yeah. if you sign the contract and you agree to take the money and then the job changes and they're like, well, you, you should just do the work. It's like, eh,
5: mm, this is I how it like, works, man. I feel like we just talked about this because it reminded me of my last job. Like, Yeah. I, no, no more. Same thing.
4: Yeah, it's like, and like, I said hey, that. How about you do? How about you do the work of five guys, but you know we'll we'll pay you like one. Uh, no thanks. So no for me, dog. Right. Uh, if there's incentive, sure. But uh, you know you you have to make it worth somebody's while. He said he was never home, and it, it, he's like, well, if I'm not gonna be home, at the very least, pay me for it. And Vince is like, ah, oh, just hire a nanny, damn it. Like he he literally I, I guess that was the the last straw for Vince Russo was he said he approached McMahon and was like, I'm never home. I never see my wife or my kids. And, you know, she's doing it all on her own. And he's like, well, I don't know what the problem is. You make enough money. Just hire a nanny. And he's like, yeah, that's the answer. OK, I'm out. <sighs> I well, what's the problem? I pay you enough not to see your kids grow up. F off. <laughs>
5: Some people would love that, but
4: yeah, I get it. <laughs> but after several meetings with new WCW w head, Bill Bush, he quit and signed a two-year deal with WCW. Russo's official title in WCW is Creative Supervisor. Okay. <sighs> uh, he's been given full authority on all angles and booking. I wonder how that's going to go. Good Lord. Russo says that it's not a money issue. He claims that he he, he claims he's only making a little more in WCW than he was in WWF. Okay, Uh, after Russo and Ferrara requested a raise and more time off, McMahon responded with an offer that wasn't quite satisfactory to them, which I just went over. So Russo contacted WCW and both of them got hired there. Russo called Vince McMahon as he was returning from the UK pay-per-view in England and told him he was returning, or excuse me, and told him the news. WWF.com reported it 10 minutes later, and WCW announced it on Nitro that night.
5: I used, I used to laugh at that looking back. I'm like, why the hell would you make a post or announcement about creatives?
4: Yeah, like,
5: he, he no was sense not. he was not a character. He well, was not... He fully intended on being one, clearly. But
4: yeah, you're right. He wasn't one, right? But he he was not an on-screen guy, not a character. If you didn't read the dirts and you didn't, you know, read get on the internet and look up all this crap, you had no idea who the hell Vince Russo was. So when Tony Schiavone makes this big announcement, oh, we got Vince Russo. Okay, back to the show. Who cares? I mean, little did they know it was going to ruin everything more than it already was. But, you know, there you go. And, yeah, this was this was one thing I I thought was pretty crappy that uh, when Bruce Pritchard told the story, he said they flew into New York or something like that. And uh, uh, Russo was in Jersey or vice versa. And. Instead of driving to the building and talking to Vince McMahon like a man, and hey, I took this other job offer. See ya, whatever. He calls him. He's like, not coming into work tomorrow. Bye. Hmm. Professional. Yeah, it's kind of. It's like after you know, you can say what you want about the way he left, but it's like McMahon gave him his job and got him his start in wrestling, like his his first real start. <sighs> I
5: don't well, know, you know, depends he talked to. He never stopped working with Rubenstein, man. He went to see me to kill it.
4: Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Which would uh, y- you'd like to think somebody wasn't as dumb as <laughs> right. he is. And it, <laughs> that's a really good out. Yeah, uh, right. But, but no, I don't know. I've seen a lot of shows like actual television, like Hollywood produced shows after that, that prove that people really can be that bad at writing and and that creatively inept so it's not just russo although he, maybe he's patient zero <laughs> i don't know speaking of uh bro you know, sorry i have to do it. He, he's patient z bro <laughs> wow there you go what's uh, your speaking, bro, bro speaking of them being in england WWF's latest UK only pay per view, Rebellion, took place this week and was said to be a strong show. They did an angle with the British Bulldog wanting a title shot against Triple H, but Vince wouldn't give it to him. So he threw a garbage can at Vince and it hit Stephanie instead. Bulldog ended up interfering in the Rock versus Triple H WWF title match and basically turned full blown heel. And the show ended with the rock beating up the bulldog, which apparently the British crowd loved because the rock can do no wrong these days.
5: uh let's just start bulletproof
4: yeah <sighs> you, you, well, Yeah. uh we're gonna turn we're gonna turn the bulldog uh heel oh really in England uh, w- yeah where where we're at uh in England uh that's a bold strategy cotton let's see if it pays <laughs> off for him uh. Like, look, let's w w. f was obviously super hot right now, but why like not all f- like you know you and I always use that that phrase, you know, uh that they can't all be first round picks, like this was a dumb idea, like let's just kill him dead now and get it over with <sighs> sad
5: uh, uh I, 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 just, I would say that this plan was uh crap from jump street dude
4: <laughs> yeah, pretty much uh this this run of the bulldog is not finally remembered, however, he did have a uh, a Mattel figure made of this run I'm so.
5: still looking for that
4: didn't he come it wasn't in a two pack with boss man
5: yeah with a swap boss man, which I also need that too, so just...
4: I have a jack's figure of that boss man, but not a Mattel, so yeah. uh yeah I, I've got more on the Bulldog coming up here in a bit, but uh first. Salofa Fatu worked a dark match on SmackDown doing a new gimmick. You may hmm. remember him under his former gimmicks of The Sultan, Make a Difference Fatu, or Head Shrinker Fatu.
5: Something tells me that this is going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to him.
4: Yeah, Keep something gone. tells me this one is going to stick, like, for <laughs> you know, forever. This is like the Kane thing, where they tried 5,000 things with Glenn Jacobs, and, uh, and finally they hit on one, and it was gold.
5: Who All you do this? is gain 100 pounds in his ass and put it on a diaper. And yeah, he exactly. would like one of the greatest things ever. There were times, watched, go back and watch in 2000, by the way, where he was, other than like Austin Rock, was one of the most over dudes on the whole show. Like, I'm not even yeah. joking. Go back and watch. It's, like, it's crazy. It's kind of yeah, absolutely. forgotten how over this man was.
4: Yeah, definitely. Very, very understated. And, I mean, as an act, him and Too Cool were just, freaking phenomenal yeah but uh, yeah I, I don't know man like uh I, I wouldn't have thought that this one would have been the one that hit big but yeah right my god it did bleach <sighs> your hair out gain a little bit of weight put on, put on a thong bruce pritchard said hey, that when of
5: your uh your, your signature moves been your ass in people's face by the way
4: yeah just just uh <laughs> make the motorboat your ass and, you know, <laughs>
5: <laughs> and, and i guarantee you you'll make the most money you've ever made in your life
3: <laughs> right you'll be so huge we'll
4: hire your sons one day and they'll be huge too
5: <laughs> all three of them by the way now
4: yeah, yeah all three uh-uh. <laughs> and your nephew but uh yeah bruce pritchard talked about this where he said they were coming up with the rikishi character i guess rikishi himself came up with the name because he said uh I, I guess wrestler, I think wrestler in Japanese is Rikishi and he wanted to give a nod to Yokozuna and they were, it's they kind were,
5: of funny how that works out because it, I'm not knocking it, but on its surface, that's very lazy, but damn, it worked. Yeah. Right. Like his name's Yokozuna, the grand champion of sumo. It's okay. But damn. Yeah. It worked. Can't knock yep. it. <laughs> but like, yeah. And uh, it's like, on the surface though, it's, you know what I mean? Like on the surface, like, boy, that's lazy.
4: Yeah. Right. well they said uh, that was a nod to Yokozuna and they said they were honestly trying to base this a little bit on Yokozuna like the look and everything and Vince said (laughs) according to Bruce Pritchard Vince's thing is he's like my one regret with Yoko is I let him wear pants years ago if I could go back I'd make him show that ass good god it's like (laughs) why yeah let's just have him have his ass pouring out every (laughs) night like, why do we all need to see that, you sick freak? Damn, and that was then, funny. And I guess uh, Rikishi wanted the, wanted the job. He, he was like, I, yeah, I guess he went in there with the mindset, I'm not going to say no to anything. He's like, oh, you want me to show my ass? Yeah, sure, whatever. I'll put on the diaper. And by God. Okay, but well, go. let's
5: be honest, in retrospect... As weird as it sounds, I'd rather see his Yokozina, Yokozuna because Yokozuna
4: was a large man. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh. but as big as Rikishi was, he was like half Yoko's size. <laughs>
5: yeah, so, you know.
4: oh, man. Well, here's the kicker to this whole story, by the way. Uncle Dave doesn't know why they need another big, slow guy with no charisma. Oh, ah, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, how did that work out, Dave?
5: First of all, The the top one, uh, slow. No, he was nothing. He was not slow at all.
4: He was never slow. He Um, was one of the fastest big dudes I ever saw.
5: Second on the charisma part.
4: Again, third only to Rock and Austin. So, shut up. I guess (laughs) if you're going based on his former gimmicks, okay. But he didn't, I mean, the closest he came to being able to showcase charisma was the make a difference Fatu, And that gimmick sucked. Like, no amount of charisma could have got that over.
5: You know what's that no charisma? Mean Mark Callis.
4: <laughs> oh, well, yeah. But you
5: know, I'm just saying, you know, don't give it a shot or anything.
4: <laughs> Dumbass. Yeah, right. He was a damn good wrestler. That, that was the thing. Like, he he was a good wrestler. He was never bad. I can't think of one Samoan that was a bad wrestler. There were some sub-pars, but I, I don't know. I would say the name of that
5: guy is. that was with Legacy, I, I that's... He never did oh, anything. Uh, Manu. Manu, yeah.
4: yeah. And I, 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 don't, don't,
5: I don't think we saw him enough, though. They'd judge him. I'm just saying he right. didn't
4: do anything. Yeah, did I was about best. to say, I, I never saw enough of him to, to say if he was bad or not. So I have no clue. Uh, speaking of people coming into WWF, though, Taz is expected to basically do the same exact character and gimmick that he did in ECW when he debuts for the WWF next year. Uh, eh, give or take, yeah. It was pretty much the same. They,
5: well, they changed... Well, except, in, except in ECW, they did stuff with him.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, the major difference is in ECW, they made it seem like he mattered. Whereas in WWF, they were like, and here's this guy. You remember him, right?
5: Yeah, the, the tan guy from uh, Brooklyn. You know, he's, he's badass, Supposedly, They
4: made it seem like he... I'll say this, they made it seem like he mattered at first. He de- his uh, debut was when phenomenal. You,
5: when you have an ECW guy debut
4: in New York, yeah, it's pretty easy. And Well, and he ended the undefeated streak of uh, Kurt Angle. That's like, true. That was, that was a big thing, but I don't know. But To
5: just, be fair, though, not to pull that back, but that was only an undefeated streak of like three months. I'll well, use Goldberg or anything.
4: So. Well, yeah, but, but still, it's just like they, they made it seem like they were going to do something with him, and then they're like, eh, never mind. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they can give whatever reasons they want, but seriously, like, blah, I feel like they could have done a lot more. Either way, People Magazine is said to be considering The Rock to be included on its sexiest men of the year list. Okay. well, they better.
5: (laughs) That's because Rikishi hadn't debuted yet, so.
4: Well, yeah, he's in asses monthly.
5: (laughs) Uh, I think Bailey's on the cover of that,
4: by the way. Damn right. But here's where we get into uh, a more serious story. But it bleeds into some WCW stuff, so that's why I put it towards the end here. WWF filed a breach of contract against Martha Hart and the estate of Owen Hart, asking the court to dismiss Hart's lawsuit against them and damages of $75,000 plus lawyer fees. And if the lawsuit isn't dismissed, they at least want the case moved to Connecticut. The lawsuit alleges that <laughs> Owen Hart's contract wow they want,
5: well, we, want we want to feel for this one, but.
4: <sighs> yeah right that, that's literally the whole thing the whole thing is like we want to move to a place where the judge might be more favorable to us not not a you know a, a judge that might not be biased in any way because since the incident you know Owen's death happened in Missouri, that's where the trial was going to take place, you know, kind of neutral playing field there, but the lawsuit alleges that Owen Hart's contract uh, that he signed in 1996 requires any and all claims related to his contract must be tried in Connecticut. Suit states that Owen Hart's uh, contract acknowledged that his participation in performing as a wrestler involved potential risks or injury or death and that by signing the contract, he agreed to the risks. WWF also claims that by signing the contract, Owen and or his estate waived the right to sue the company for injury or death. The question is whether the contract that Owen signed applies to Martha Hart after his death. WWF continued to send Martha her husband's paychecks for three months after his death in order to assert that the contract is still valid. Martha, however, returned all the checks uncashed.
5: That's kind of dirty.
4: Yeah, I will say... Uh, because when i first read that first part where well they were still paying her for three months afterwards i was like oh well okay and then i read she sent them all back uncashed it's like well okay then so she did not take Uh, their money
5: that part's on her but well i don't know oh well you know i'm not going to really do any much because you know you sign the contract says if you die you die that's pretty good
4: yeah right i'm going to assume that she sent them back uncashed because she's like, well, I'm not going to take their money and then sue them because then they I don't might hold. Right. So, cause they were going to use that against her. Well, we were sending her checks. It's like, yeah, but they, she didn't cash any of them. So technically she didn't take your money yet. I don't know. I think she did end up. I think they settled out of court. Uh, I think I they settled right too. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So she got something out of it. Um, and she never had anything to do with the WWF ever again. Apparently her kids don't want anything to do with them, so...
5: Well, when they ran out of money, they took the cokehead's money.
4: <laughs> hey, alleged cokehead, okay. All right, let's, let's, let's not get that out there. I here. guess that's
5: fair, that's fair. Alleged cokehead, okay. Because I've never seen him do it. You're right, I stand corrected.
4: Yeah, all right, he's, he's Tony Contana, man. <laughs> he's going to sit. Make you say hello to his little, to his little friends, but uh yeah, I don't know that. uh I'm not gonna get into
5: that. That seemed like AEW. a relationship that Triple H could repair too at some point if she didn't already sign with them.
4: Yeah, perhaps. I
5: selfishly, yeah, cause I, I wish they would have because you know we'd have got a Mattel figure. You've been playing right. games. We'd have some shirts. You know, it's
4: yeah. From a fan I perspective,
5: I'm not sitting here being like, oh, now we can. It's like, man. W stuff well, like, figures and it's, just, it's not as high quality, I'm sorry, but we're getting it though. That's right. all that matters. And I did pre-order it, so I do have that one heart figure coming, but
4: My um, thing is for years, uh, we only got the WWE side of everything until that Dark Side of the Ring episode came out. And I mean, for years, everybody was just like, it, from the Hart family on down, we're like, oh, Martha's just a bitter old witch. And, uh, you know, the WWF are the good guys and everything. And I, it just, I, I don't think it's so black and white. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Vince and the WWF, they're evil a-holes or whatever. But at the same time, I don't think Martha is a piece of crap for doing what she did either. Like, I, I, I've i never... Well, no, if
5: your spouse died at a job, you'd be... Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
4: I'd I'd probably be pretty bitter, especially, you know, with some of the stuff that went down and whatever the way it did. I mean, like I said, it's not black and white that there is a good guy and a bad guy, in my opinion. So anybody should watch that dark side of the ring.
5: Ironically, I said this about the whole AEW media fight, media scrum fight. If you really think about it, everybody's guilty. Seriously. Right. Every Uh, one of them is guilty. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, well, did you, did maybe you hear, one less other. I don't
4: know, but you know, hey, you know. Well, did you hear? Uh, originally, Punk's uh, Punk and his friends were sitting there talking about, "Oh, well, you know, the young bucks and Kenny Omega just like kicked in the door and started going off on us." And then, like after a while, when everything calmed down, they were like, "Yeah, they they didn't do any of that." <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, go figure. You're probably you were probably the aggressors in the whole thing. They probably came at you with. <gasps> words and then next thing you know fists started flying
5: and then the thing is he started all with his mouth so
4: yeah i know
5: but then you know like, then on the other side though those three probably had hurt feelings and stuff and got all hurt couldn't be men about it they got evil wusses but that's why i say everybody's at fault
4: i will say this if i was an evp of a company and uh you know the the one of the top guys is out there talking crap about like hardcore crap about me in the media and it's like not just coming to me about it it's like what the f dude oh totally that, my,
5: the <laughs> my thing about that at the same time would be i'd pick a better time to do it than after a damn media scrum so that's another thing too so
4: <sighs> i'm still wondering where punk got hurt was it in the brawl was it in the match i just know. never know yeah well, if if he did get hurt in that brawl, that would make two stupid <laughs> out-of-the-ring injuries that he got. Showing that he more. is old and frail, but I digress. Yep. But speaking of Owen Hart, this week's WCW Nitro took place in the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, the same place or the same arena where Owen had died. Several weeks ago, Brad Hart approached WCW management and had asked to have a match with Chris Benoit on the show. There had been talks of doing a more elaborate ceremony for Owen and to actually bring Stuhart in as well. But they nixed those plans because they didn't want to appear to be exploiting Owen's death. I can respect them for that. Uh, I mean, it would have been nice but at the same time. I see their side of it. i That's nice that they're not exploiting the death. Uh, Harley Race was brought in as a ring announcer due to his Kansas City connections. Pause real quick right there. Harley race is a legend and great and whatever, but why do you, he's going to be the ring announcer with that surly old smokers voice. Yep. (laughs) Good Lord. Uh, That's the perfect spot for him. By God. Anyway, uh, Brett and Benoit went on to have the longest match in the history of nitro, which blows my mind. And probably the best
5: match in the history of nitro. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
4: With Brett winning with a sharpshooter after 27 plus minutes. Hart had requested at least 25 minutes, no outside interference, and no angles or storylines. He, he also wow. requested. He do that? Yeah, I know. After watching Nitro for all those years, you would have thought that was an impossibility. Uh, wait a minute. We can have a finish of a match without bullcrap? I, I call bullcrap on that. <laughs> yeah, right. I call shenanigans. Uh, but he also requested that Benoit win. WCW agreed to all of it except the last part and Hart ended up being booked to win.
7: Hmm.
4: So there you go. Uh, It's kind of cool of him to request a Benoit win, but I like how WCW was like, yeah, all that sounds reasonable, except (laughs) you want Benoit to win? (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. We're not crazy.
5: Oh, well. (laughs) Kind of ironic he wanted him to win. Like, he wanted wanted to put the spotlight on him, and Benoit's basically got to put out the door already. It's funny how that works. Yeah. Yep, also, I wondered, would, be, would that have been Jericho? It makes me wonder,
4: you know? Jericho yeah, was gone, right.
5: but would that have been him?
4: Uh, Like, in this match here? Yeah. Uh, I still think he would have went with Benoit, but I don't know. Uh, either way, yeah, Benoit, for the record, would be gone in four months? Three months? Three and a half? Something like that. Uh, January. Yeah, so he's gone after sold out 2000 uh now in the Literally archives, by the way. Night after. <laughs> yeah, the night after winning the belt, he's gone forever, bro. But also on this, Bret Hart ripped on British Bulldog for going back to the WWF. This is what I was referring to earlier. Apparently, Bulldog had said something about honoring Owen's life by returning, and for obvious reasons, Bret doesn't feel like Bulldog is honoring much of anything by working for Vince McMahon. <sighs>
5: Ironically, Brett would go back eventually too. So.
4: I was going to say, what a difference a decade makes in all of this, because he'd be back in in uh, about oh, eleven years, give or take. No matter
5: how no matter how high your morals are, money means more than your morals. You want to admit it or not?
4: I will say this is what it, it, it I'm not saying. Money had nothing to do with it. I guarantee it did. But I would like to think that he was of the mindset where it's like look enough time has passed let's just move on and you know kind of forgive each other bury some hatchets get over it for once i know that's a novel concept
5: i don't know one of my biggest worries in life is dying with stuff on the uh uh, what's the word open ends
4: yeah i know know. it's like uh well like hogan you know Mm -hmm. got to kind of bury the hatchet with the Ultimate Warrior, like literally days before he died. Yeah, right. So, I stuff like that is cool. Uh, according to, according to Hogan, him and Macho were actually on good terms before he died. So, Landon backed up too. So, yeah, so that's that's good. You know, I, I I hate seeing that crap where it's like you just die hating someone so bad. And I'm not saying they have to be best friends, but it's like it just. It, Wrestling, dude. You know, chill out. Speaking of things not mattering in wrestling here, Psychosis showed up as WCW Cruiserweight champion, which is interesting because Lenny (laughs) Lane, Lenny Lane was the previous champion. (laughs) Uh, (sighs) yeah. after, After the Lenny Lane gay gimmick got dropped due to Turner executives freaking out, they apparently just took the title off Lenny and gave to Psychosis with a match between them never taking place. So psychosis oh, it took place according to Shabani on Nitro, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a Nitro that nobody watched. <laughs> is it in that same universe with like UFC 130, whatever the hell? Yep. So either way, psychosis is the cruiserweight champion with no real explanation given. Uh, well, here's the explanation: apparently, Glad got pissed off uh, that uh, Lenny Lane and uh, Lodi were not really gay, and they were. Uh, I, this wasn't a term back then, but they were appropriating gay. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so they wrote a tersely worded letter to the Turner executives, and Turner was like, "Well, we can't have that."
5: They killed it by saying, "Oh, they're not gay. You you are mistaking it. They're brothers."
4: Yeah, because I mean, you have a brother. That was really like the I mean, Yeah, you have a brother. You and him do stuff like that, right? You braid each other's all, hair and kind of a class together.
5: Yeah. Uh, by the way just for the record uh you're not using hyperbole they literally came out of a thing with a title on it that said the closet (laughs) they really did this on nitro two guys came out of there out of a room and on said room was a sign that said the closet
4: and this (sighs) was pre russo yes gotta point that out
5: he turns them into uh wannabe tough guys and they put sunglasses on and but they're in a ponytail, and wear suits. Yeah, which uh, it sounds like I'm describing uh, creative control,
4: but I'm not. They should, they should, have been. He should have dressed him up like, uh, like you know, like bondage, BDSM, whatever. Like, uh, or like, uh, like they were going to a Judas Priest concert or something. Yeah, man. Uh, do you like the way that leather feels against your body? <laughs> For
5: anybody, I remember. I, uh, oh, go ahead
4: for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about there I didn't make that up that was oh. uh, when uh, when the Mountie got thrown into jail there was a guy with a leather jacket that approached him and said it just like that like do you like the way that leather feels against your body <laughs> like like what the F
5: I'll convey in you for that by the way
4: this was the 90s nobody gave a damn I guess <sighs> it was a simpler time Greg I mean stupid uh, and then the WWE would do the same thing years later with Billy and Chuck. They
5: went so far as to have a wedding.
4: Yeah, right. Well,
5: which actually, in hindsight, turned out to be one of the better things they did all year. It was great. The, the payoff. It was like the yeah, whole. It
4: was, uh, I was like, "How are I, they going to do this?" Because I don't think they're really gay. Like even as a kid, I was like, "What's going on here?"
5: Uh, I like uh, that whole payoff too. So wait. We're we're not gay. We don't have anything against gay people. Matter of fact, if I was gay, I'd probably marry Chuck.
4: But like, this is a Felicity stunt. What are we doing? (laughs) I wonder if Uh, Chuck. I wonder if Chuck asked Daddy Ass to scissor him. Uh, But that's a different. (laughs) That's 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 for a different time. I get that in at least once a podcast. So there we go. Dude, the Daddy Uh, Ass
5: Blames like some of the best stuff in all wrestling right now. (laughs) Yeah, right. It, it really is it really i'm not i'm not joking it sounds like i'm being sarcastic no it's like it's probably the best thing AEW has going and Fring- it is the number one shirt by the way they have too so there's that
4: god <laughs> uh there's been a lot of talk about cutting nitro back down to two hours and thunder down to one hour if only can we get that for raw <laughs> yeah right but uh, no because nick Khan came out and said well if i could make it five hours i would you know that because, not because of the quality of the show, but because you pull in more advertising. Uh,
5: and that's, I, I, if I am a company and I'm making commercials, I'm not going to put my commercial on something I know people are tuning out of because it's too damn long. Right. Uh, maybe it's just me.
4: This, like, and this is not a uh, you know, saying whether or not Raw is good or bad or any of that. Like it, I, I don't care if it's the greatest thing ever, but it's literally a, a full-length feature film every monday and then you get a long ass show i I think the two hour smackdown is perfect nice and high and tight and all that three hours of raw is just excessive like even when i was into it
5: when it's great though you don't feel like last night as recording this it was great but then there's other weeks like oh my god still going yeah
4: it's just i don't know i when they first switched it to three hours i was like man, this is kind of a slog. Even the good shows, I was like, it's just, it's so long. But either way, uh, what I was referring to with the, the advertiser stuff.
5: Real quick, uh, though, he, uh, it would go back down two hours. Thunder would not drop to one.
4: Unfortunately. Uh, the upside is that it would be a huge relief to the overworked roster and crew and probably make things tighter. Uh, but the, the, uh, the downside is that they would lose a lot of ad revenue money which is what I was talking about with Raw. And they broke this down. They said to add a third hour of programming didn't really cost anybody anything, but it draws another full hour's worth of advertisements. So financially, it's the smartest move they could have made. But I don't know. Either way... The Nitro Girls were taken off TV for a couple of weeks due to the girls oh. not due to the girls not getting along. Uh, wait, women bickering in the workplace—that doesn't happen.
5: Leave me out of that, please. <laughs> I didn't say a word.
4: Oh, as if we have female listeners. Come on, now. I didn't say a word. Hey, if we do have female listeners, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you should at us more but uh either way don't
5: you, you know, have a ball and chain on your ankle uh-huh.
4: not that kind of uh reaching out but just letting us know that you're out there because honestly uh it's a real sausage party out there right now uh or so we yeah, think.
5: I don't like sausage either i'm not even joking
4: yeah i go I for i go more for bacon
5: yeah i just i've never liked sausage and I, i'm wow. not using a double entendre by the way i do not like sausage what
4: about <laughs> chorizo that's not sausage it's like a Mexican sausage. It's not.
5: You're thinking uh, of Linguisa. Uh,
4: I will be. I will be honest with you. I've never had chorizo uh, or link or whatever the hell. Uh, I do like sausage, but I have to be in the right mood for it. If I'm given a choice between sausage or bacon, I, I'm picking bacon every time. So, but either way, getting back to this though, uh, it looks like uh, they're going to. Re- oh, I I guess uh, it seems that all of this stems from most of them not liking Kimberly. <laughs>
5: Okay, real quick. Is this part of the show, or is this a legit thing? They don't like each other. I'm, oh, I'm really lost.
4: Myself. Okay. This is a shoot, bro. This is not working, Nitro. Okay, got it. Yeah, right. Apparently, they don't like Kimberly. None of them get along with her.
5: Some well, likes, you know, like, no one likes the hottest one, right? <laughs>
4: yeah, right. Uh, it looks like they're going to remove Kimberly and just make her DDP's manager and let some other girl be leader of the Nitro girls.
5: And then they would break that, and it's all coming back to me, they would break that down into a thing where they're all fighting to be the lead nitro girl and they eventually would all break up and never come back and some of them would get involved in stories like Charmelle. Yeah. Yep. I guess technically for Charmelle it did work out but
4: yeah. One of talk Like of I them, said it's all coming back. Yep, you know, And one of them would go off to uh, marry Shawn Michaels and you know <laughs> be Mrs. Sexy Boy. Look.
5: I think though her uh her Christian ways turned him around into a better person, so good for her. But yeah, yeah this right. whole thing was a complete mess. Yeah.
4: It's odd to think that the woman whose profession was dancing around in skimpy outfits on TV was a devout Christian woman that turned around Shawn Michaels. But good for her.
5: Yeah, but, you know what the, though? Reading the Bible will pay your bills, okay? I'm just saying. But anyways. Yeah. Right. Uh,
4: I will say this. About Kimberly and obviously this is like with knowing nothing about it and I I haven't heard any stories from anybody about her so I don't know but DDP is like the nicest chillest dude on earth and everybody says that nothing phases him he's just a great dude so I'm gonna think that their divorce was her fault
5: she is really snide I seen her on Russell one year and she looks like she has that look on her face like why the hell are you here or sorry, why am I here? Ugh, I don't. In her Whatever defense, else, the way, if I'm same a, thing.
4: but in her defense, if I'm around that many marks, I think the same thing. But yeah, I get your point. Yeah, and, and this story kind of drives that theory home for me where it's like none of the other Nitro girls liked her. Like none of them. Like, all right then. This story just blew my mind, but not the first part. This first part makes total sense. Uh, but Scott Norton and Mike Enos are now gone from WCW. Oh, no, not Mike Enos. <laughs> I know. like, Dude,
5: that's was... the guy that was in the ring when Scott Hall debuted. You know how legendary he is?
4: Yeah, and Scott Flash Norton. like, Man, one half of fire and ice, dude.
5: You could have said is and delicious, you asshole.
4: <laughs> oh, well, that one too. <laughs> oh, I'm no. sorry. I, I only mentioned that, one of his two all... terrible teams. <laughs>
5: was not that bad. you shut your mouth.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, this I mean I think we've established on here that you and I both like buff that well, so yeah, uh, but I really do like the team. Scott Norton, though, just Scott Norton and Mike Enos, oh oh no, what, whatever will they do? but that's, that's one the half part, of the Beverly
5: brothers right there, man, people forget that.
4: Oh yeah, well, that part did not shock me. this part shocked me. Norton had a ridiculous. $800,000 per year contract. What?
5: That? That's, not really, that's not really shocking. Think about it. He was a major star in Japan. They picked him up for that reason. That guy's like a god. in Japan. Japan. No, no, right. But I, That's why he got it, though, because he's big over there. And I thought it would translate, is my guess. but
4: I'm assuming, because he's been there for years at this point, so it's like, did they sign him for this amount and it's just carried over? That, that part gonna, I don't no. know. Because if they re-signed him for that amount, why? (laughs) But uh, Dave does break it down a little bit. He says, it sounds absurd on its surface, but they made a lot of money by sending him to Japan, where he's a big star. So at least some of that salary could be justified, but not entirely.
5: Yeah. I mean, I (laughs) agree with that. I I mean, he felt like he was a big star here.
4: Yeah, no. It just—he
5: was in and, a Stallone movie, that over-the-top movie when they arm wrestled because he was a legit right. arm wrestling champion. So,
4: oh, I—I I didn't even think about that. Him and Enos both were AWA talents.
5: That's right. <laughs> yeah, you know the both the Beverly Brothers, right? They were a team there too, right? Uh, yeah. It was, the called something group. else, obviously. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, Enos and what the hell was the other one's name? Help me out here.
5: Wayne Bloom.
4: Bloom. Yeah. I
5: think he's the father of uh, current NXT going nowhere, never going to happen. God, I already forget his name. Vaughn
4: Wagner. Ah, yeah. Braun Wagner, yeah.
5: So, Wayne Bloom, father of current NXT wrestler Vaughn Wagner, who is, uh, I hate saying it, but going nowhere fast.
4: Yeah, I've heard from. He's he's not good. I've heard from Kyle from uh, the uh, Apron Bump podcast. He was on a couple of weeks ago, by the way. Uh, I mean, yeah, right. Uh, I heard from him that uh, he sucks. And I've heard from you that he sucks. And so, you know, <laughs> there you go. I'm, uh, I tend to believe that <laughs> after, after enough people. I, I've never seen anybody rave about him. So He
5: had a decent match with Kyle O'Reilly, which tells you how good Kyle O'Reilly is. But
4: That's yeah, it. Oh. I was just gonna say that's uh, that's you know that never happens ever. You can't have a good, at least a halfway decent match with uh, with Kyle O'Reilly, then you're literally useless. But yeah, the hits keep on coming for WCW though, man. Because the Insane Clown Posse is back for now. Oh yeah, the Dark Carnival's coming, I believe, or already happened. I think they're coming as much, right.
5: as, as much as I, yeah i think it's coming as much as I hated it though i think it. uh i don't know it, it the group looked like they all fit together so yeah i, mean, I, I mean, mean, was that i don't,
4: uh, don't know obviously. what the hell the booty was in it for but <laughs> apparently he's friends with them
5: i have no doubt it's just well they all wear paints so that's it
4: yeah right i never would have called if you know if i hadn't seen it with my own eyes and you tell me oh great muda's friends with insane clown posse i'd be like what the f like i know sabu is that one makes total sense but muda okay i don't know if you're ready for this one man but
5: uh i i am, so just go
4: wcw uh, well it's not ecw just yet but in creepy story of the week WCW referee O'Brien Hildebrand passed away a few weeks ago, which is you know sad. Uh, he was cremated and had requested that his ashes be burned up in the pyro on Nitro. And well,
5: uh, I'm pretty sure it's a health violation.
4: Well, apparently they did it. Hildebrand's wife was there for the show and everything. How so is that legal? I don't know, man it's just like what you're not allowed to dump ashes in a lake but you can load them up into pyro and shoot them off into a building full of people what <sighs> oh gosh i uh, ew just ew look.
5: <sighs> yeah i just i'm going to look this up though i don't know what he, who he was let me see here
4: Brian Hildebrand. try
5: try fi- no i know he's referred try figure his face
4: wow oh. <laughs> Uh did you ever you never watched that show Lost did you Oh
5: it was uh uh well it was his real name it was real, uh, Brian Curtis was wrestling okay that that
4: I yeah. didn't know Yeah okay yeah, yeah I forgot I forgot yeah. about that yeah Yeah um but you oh, ever yeah. watched that show? Brian Curtis
5: <laughs> or right. Mark Curtis I should
4: say Mark Curtis yeah is Mark Curtis uh that was his his yeah. on air name It was weird that their referees had fake names in WCW like uh Mickey J that wasn't his real name I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah, it's like why do you give your referees on air like fake names like okay. But anyway, uh did you ever watch that show Lost? No, I mean I'm aware of it but I didn't watch it. Well, my parents used to watch it. There was this there was this episode there was a character named Arzt that uh he was like loading up some he was going to blow something up and the dynamite went off like just out of random and blew him sky high and a couple of the characters were talking, and one of them was like, you got a piece of art, Stanya." And that's all I I could think of here, where it's like you (laughs) freaking loaded him into the pyro and shot it off. Like, oh, you got a piece of Brian Hildebrand on you. Like,
5: ugh. I I can think of another show where I saw something like that. you don't watch Many with Children, but there was an episode where Al only likes using his old ashes in his um, barbecue, they accidentally dumped him out. Kelly goes next door and accidentally throws the ashes of the uh, woman's dead aunt into the barbecuer and oh Al's, eating hamburger goes, Al's eating a heavy goes mm, boom.
4: <laughs> Gross. Sick. <laughs> There's
5: too many stories like this.
4: <laughs> yeah. just weird, man. But uh, we got the one and only ECW story right here.
5: Uh, oh. Hold on. We'll just oh. go into it.
4: Well, if I had if I had more stuff to get into, I'd do the uh, this week in ECW. But this well, one's fairly uh, if innocuous.
5: If there's one, you gotta say it. It's a soundbite. How dare you?
4: Ah, uh, all right. Well, uh, <clears throat> this week in ECW. <laughs> there you go. All right. Now I'm happy. Uh, anyway. Uh, on the ECW on TNN show, Joey Styles took some subtle shots at TNN because they wouldn't allow them to air a mixed tag team match involving jazz due to TNN not allowing man-on-woman violence to be shown. Oh, well, F them.
5: Oh, well, that's a thing that we carry over in a Spike TV. Which, for those who don't know, that's what TNN was or became.
4: Right. Uh, and I, Raw was on TNN when it became Spike because I remember they had the signage all changed
5: bro we're gonna abuse her on
4: tnn bro why why was that a thing like oh screw you we can't have men beating on women and women beating on men like just like russo where it's like everything he booked had to have man-on-woman violence just freaking everything it makes me wonder what his upbringing was like
5: he was a man of equality you know even women gotta get beat up too so
4: yeah right bro abuser but all right ken shamrock's neck injury is significant but likely won't require surgery Uh, at this point it looks like he's done with pro wrestling and is looking to get back into mma next year he does
5: yeah Wow. does he ever three (laughs) straight knockouts tito ortiz man (laughs) i know how do you get knocked out three straight times
4: Did he? Was it 2000 when he started fighting again?
5: Ah, oh, it sounds. No, no,
4: no. Well, maybe, but
5: stuff with Tito was like 04, 05. Maybe it was 02. Yeah, actually, I'm getting confused here. He did fight him early, and then they fought again, and then again immediately after that. So maybe. Hmm. Uh, I don't think he had any success, though, when he went back.
4: Yeah, I, I don't believe so either. Uh, and then obviously he popped up and he was. Uh, the first NWA champion under the TNA banner. So yeah,
5: uh, which was three years after this, give or take. Yeah, right. right.
4: Uh, I'm trying to see dates here. Let's see. Uh, he, yeah, he didn't have any fights between December of 96 and then his first fight was in actually in Pride in May. He beat Alexander Atsuka. Oh, that guy. So, yeah, he, he fought, he actually had a few pride fights um, in 2000, 2001, 2002, and then his first UFC fight was Tito Ortiz at UFC 40, and yeah, he lost due to TKO from corner stoppage, uh, but then he beat Chemo at UFC 48, so there's that.
5: He, yeah, but then, you know, that was the old banged up Chemo vehicle, but I guess a win's a win. But...
4: And then it's like, uh, check this out, lost to Rich Franklin. Lost to uh, Sakuraba. Uh, lost to Tito. Lost to Tito. Lost to some guy named Robert Berry. <laughs> yeah.
5: Fast forward all the way to Bellator, I think it was. Was it Bellator? We lost to um, uh, Horse Gracie? Uh,
4: yeah. he be, uh, After Robert Berry, he had a win against some guy named Ross Clifton. Then he lost to uh, Pedro Rizzo. Got another win against... Jonathan Ivey, whoever that is. Uh, and then he lost to Mike Bork, lost to Kimbo Slice, lost to Hoist Gracie. Oh, uh, man. This was sad. that
5: one time, too, legitimately the baddest dude on the, on the planet, too. Yep. <laughs>
4: oh, yeah. I mean, he had a, he, he's still retired with a winning record. He's uh, 28, 17, and two. So, but man, he padded that loss record, uh, you know, towards the end.
5: Yeah, it's pretty bad, but, you know, guess when you love it so much, you keep, you have to hold on and keep going.
3: I mean, yep, I I feel you.
5: Not all uh, Randy Couture, dude. So
4: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Randy was in a league of his own, uh, and then by the time he got knocked the f out by Brock Lesnar, I mean, he was he was on the downward.
5: He still side, fought and so. won a couple fights after that, though. That's the thing. Yeah,
4: so he wasn't but completely done.
5: That was his last title run, though, but still. I don't know. Sherlock right. had lost it, though, and never got it back.
4: Nope. Sad. But uh, something else that was also a loss. Uh, you'll like this transition. Uh, last story here. A pay-per-view called Heroes of Wrestling will be oh, airing this God. week. Oh, good God. Put together by a guy named Bill Stone of Foss Stone Productions. Stone says that he needs about 41,000 buys to even break even. And if the show is a success, they plan to run three more similar shows in 2000.
5: Well, let's see. I wonder how it's going to go.
4: Yeah, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I think uh,
5: now in the archives, do we do that?
4: uh, We talked about it on our last podcast, but not this one. Uh, But the hope is that the nostalgia can draw the viewers the show is loaded up with just about every recognizable name from the past that you want to see. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd be a little see. liberal at that, huh? Yeah, right. Uh, such legends scheduled to appear are Yokozuna, King Kong Bundy, Jake Roberts, Jimmy Snuka, Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkoff, Abdullah the Butcher, Tully Blanchard, <laughs> George Steele, The Bushwhackers, and more.
5: This Wasn't was that just
4: a. The damn, midway legends of wrestling game, <laughs> that roster. Uh, pretty much. This was uh, this was a show where, first of all, Yokozuna was huge, freaking mungus here, and damn near immobile. It was sad to see, Uh, and I'm not
5: fun or anything about it, but he did it himself because he wanted he legitimately wanted to be the heaviest man on earth. So,
4: and it killed him.
5: He kind of did himself.
4: sucks but yeah it's very true uh and this was also j the show if anybody saw i think they talked about it in the dark side of the ring uh, episode on i think uh, they showed it in the dark side of the ring episode too. Right? this was where jake roberts came out wearing like karate pants and whatever and with his snake and he's like grabbing a woman's hands in the front row and rubbing them up and down his uh his chest and stomach then he gets in the ring and makes out with his snake and uh walks around with it between his legs like it's a, a phallus it's uh,
5: literally strokes it.
4: Yeah, this was um, yeah. He was uh, let, let's just say he wasn't of sound mind.
5: Wow, put it put it mildly, but yeah.
4: Trying to be nice, <laughs> but yeah, the this show bombed hard. It uh, sucked. Uh, okay, you know,
5: that's funny though. I mean, we know obviously that we know that it sucked, but like it's funny that it bombed because it's like okay, so. Your whole thing was nostalgic. Right. It gets easy to sit here and be like, oh, you know, the show sucked. They didn't know it was going to suck when it aired live. I mean, you probably knew, but you didn't know. Right. You just
4: kind of assumed.
5: And I'm like, wow, it bombed that bad.
4: And it turned out to be (laughs) that bad. Yep. Uh, uh, Hey, people were smart enough not to order this damn thing. They're like, oh, who wants to see all the old fat guys? When did this air? Um I, I know it aired in ninety-nine. That's I, I don't have any specifics. Uh,
5: it was guess. awesome when I never looked when it aired. Like when did it air against in the same month of
4: Oh yeah, I see. Well, it might have aired. Yeah, well it had to have aired in uh ninety-nine. Let's see. Heroes of wrestling. Uh it drew 2,300 people. It had a buy rate of twenty-nine thousand. Uh, October 10th, so not long after this.
5: So they're in the same month as Halloween Havoc and No Mercy.
4: Yeah. Uh, It it took place in Mississippi. Like, what the hell? Because, you know, when I think big wrestling crowds, I think Mississippi.
5: You're discouraging the good name of the great state of Mississippi?
4: Oh, yeah. Excuse the F out of me.
5: Uh, That's where uh, Brett Favre and Ted DiBiase are going to jail at, right?
4: Wow. Well, check this out. Although the event was heavily promoted, it was only purchased by 29,000 households. Additionally, the event itself was generally generally regarded to be of poor quality. Oh, well, then I don't believe you. Right. Uh, Wrestling Observer rated it the worst major wrestling event of 1999. Well, it had some stiff competition, so I'm glad it won. Uh, with its editor
5: yeah, was out there. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, with its editor Dave Meltzer giving it a rating of absolute zero uh, to the tag match featuring Luke Williams and Butch Miller facing the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkoff, who would book that and why? I uh,
5: I don't think I have an answer for you.
4: Meltzer's colleague uh, Brian Alvarez of Figure Four Weekly has reportedly referred to this match. The worst he has ever seen, and he rated it minus more stars than there are in the universe. <laughs> so no buys. I say no buy. Yeah. What the hell? This this show. If anybody hasn't figured it out yet, sucked. So I mean, if if you have some morbid curiosity, I'm sure it's out there somewhere for you to it's watch. It's on
5: YouTube. The whole thing is on YouTube. So still, I believe so.
4: Wow. Uh, well, <laughs> okay then. Yeah, there was a uh, last-minute change in color commentary. Uh, I guess Gordon Sully was supposed to be there, but he got sick, so he pulled out. Oh,
5: would you two see this card?
4: <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, "Wow, I never would have thought that I'd be thankful for throat cancer." <laughs> wow, <Good Lord. laughs> yeah, Anyway, that does it for the news and notes. Uh, time to get into the event at hand. It's RAW, from October eleventh, nineteen ninety-nine right after this break. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod.
0: By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, Jr. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, AKA Shaggy Von Doom, your hosts of here in Puckberg on the hockey podcast network. I know a hockey show on the main event marks who would have thought this is an invasion angle somewhere between the nexus and when wcw tried to invade wwe you know somewhere in there but i'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here greg he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show and if you'd like to hear that story all you have to do is search here in puckberg wherever you get your podcast or on youtube in the meantime shagamania has got to go run wild on some other hockey show so just remember quote the raven nevermore take your vitamins say your prayers and oh
3: yeah
0: Start a journey, not a fad. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy.
4: We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash Main Marks. And we're back. We're back. WWF Raw number 333 from October 11th, 1999. It took place in the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, Georgia, with an attendance of 33,375 and a monster TV rating of 6.1. This was one of the 10 largest crowds in American wrestling history. So, not bad. Uh, they were apparently hoping for about forty thousand. They were hoping to, you know, draw with how many? How many did you say they got? Uh, they it was uh, thirty-three thousand three hundred
5: seventy-five. Oh man, I, you know, I hope they're okay. Only getting thirty-three
4: thousand, not yeah. 40, right. you know? Jeez. But I guess God, I heard, hope they
5: hope the talent gets paid to eat.
4: <laughs> I guess they were banking on forty thousand like WCW would draw, but it's like
5: no WCW in Georgia though. Come on.
4: I know it's like. Be be real. I mean, WWF was obviously the hottest thing going right now. And you had Austin, you had Rock, you had Mankind, you had, under, well, the Undertaker.
5: Yeah, Austin there. for a minute. He was about to leave for a year.
4: Yeah. But well,
5: we don't know but, that, though. But.
4: Right. But, uh, and, and the property was still super hot. But this was WCW territory. And you could even see some pro-WCW signs in the crowd. So
5: Yeah. Well, oh, the few of them that were left in 89. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
4: Oh, no, don't buy tickets to our show and then, you know, bring signs for the other company, heaven forbid. <laughs> anyway, we, we do open the show with a touching tribute to Gorilla Monsoon, who just passed away five days before this, as we mentioned in the news. we that
5: was being tough, int- man.
4: I know. Uh, as a-
5: you forget how much you care about somebody until you see those shooting videos, like what it did in your childhood.
4: Right. I will say that this as a kid um i didn't grow up with gorilla monsoon so i watching this i probably didn't think anything of it because the only thing i knew about gorilla monsoon was he was the commentator on the old wrestling tapes that i would rent so i know wtf is a tape
5: what the hell's a tape that's the <laughs> stuff you use to like put stuff like hold stuff together right that's what that is yeah
4: yeah right but uh, we hit the intense Raw intro, uh, this, and uh, then Vince McMahon comes to the ring to take a victory lap that they damn near sold out to Georgia Dome. <laughs> <laughs> like, Vince McMahon never really did this. If he was coming out, it was for an angle or something. But it wasn't. He just literally came out, all smiles, walking like he had a corn cob shoved up his, shoved up his ass like he usually did. And he welcomed what us. All
5: raw. Has anybody ever seen the movie Moneyball? Vince McMahon was like, uh, how they, uh, the guy described Billy Bean. This is the kind of guy that walks into a room, he's already been there for 10 minutes.
4: <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's just it's like, oh, that wait. sounds like Vince. The way, that was the way my dad always described his walk, though. He's like, oh, there he goes, walking like he's got a corn cob shoved up his ass again. <laughs> I'm like, that's quite descriptive, but I can see it.
5: Walking like Conrad McGregor.
4: Right. But yeah, that was not a thing at this time. Like he didn't just come out to intro the show, but he was no, gloating.
5: Times when you remember he was the owner. This is one of them.
4: Yeah. Right. Yeah. He came out to gloat. Burn the Georgia Dome. Damn it! It's raw, not Nitro. Uh F But then. Yeah, he can go F himself right in the ass.
7: He, then, oh. <laughs>
4: he he then introduces Stone Cold Steve Austin and the damn roof nearly blows off the joint. Like, that was a deafening cheer. But Austin says that...
5: Real, real quick, uh, is this the last time they're in the Georgia Dome until WrestleMania 27? I feel like it is.
4: Uh, oh, come to me uh, now, I think so. I think so. Probably. I know they had a couple of Raws there. But okay,
5: maybe I'm dead wrong. I,
4: don't know. I, I can't remember when.
5: I want to say, though, I would... With all certainty, WrestleMania 27 was the last wrestling show ever at the Georgia Dome.
4: Okay, so Raw here. This was the first time Raw was there. And then uh, February 21st in 2000, they were they were back. Okay. Uh, and then... Lord, sorry, my computer's not Yeah, and then they were back again on July 31st of 2000 man, they just abused the hell out of the Georgia Dome after this because then they were back February 5th, 2001. Like, okay. But then they didn't come back for another 10 years. And yeah, it was WrestleMania 27 was the last time. And man, what a yeah, swan song, eh?
5: I think they don't use... <laughs> wait, did they blow it up? I think they blew it up. I think it's gone. Uh, yeah, the yeah, Because the, so. the Falcons got that new state-of-the-art arena and they just share it with the University of Georgia, I believe. Yeah, Uh, or whatever whatever. for uh, the Atlanta team it is.
4: Yeah, on the morning of November 20th, 2017, the Georgia Dome was imploded with 4,800 pounds of explosives. There you go. Uh, And then the Mercedes-Benz Stadium was constructed just south of the Georgia Dome site and opened on August
5: 26th, 2017. I find it funny, by the way, that Mercedes-Benz and you know this because we, we're at the arena, uh, sponsors two arenas in the same damn division.
4: I know. You got the Mercedes-Benz uh, Superdome and the Mercedes-Benz Stadium.
5: I think, though, Dave, since it's no longer the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. But for a while, it was. Huh. So, yeah. So it's How been about funny.
1: that?
5: It's like it wasn't well, just two teams in the same division. It's it just weird. Uh, you
4: know. Yep. But uh, Austin says he's injured because of Triple H. And ever since he's been out, Triple H has been beating up JR and beat up a rattlesnake in a bag. But
5: Austin (laughs) Uh,
4: Austin says he's not scared. He says he's not waiting until no mercy either. So Triple H needs to come out. Triple H obliges, staying hydrated with his water bottle the whole time. Uh, Austin points out that the crowd is calling Triple H and asking. Triple H says that. People you an ass <laughs> yeah. Uh, Triple H says that he could come down there right now and beat Austin's ass, but he doesn't need to. He talks for a while and then decides that maybe he does want to whoop Austin's ass tonight, and he goes to the ring. Triple H ends up turning around and slapping Jr. and then shoving him. <laughs> and when he turns his back, Ross uh, nails him for from- punches on that. By the way, I felt that, yeah. dude. <laughs> I know. Like, what the hell, man? Why did he keep, like, I get it, it was Austin's friend, but good lord, dude. Like, oh, let's just beat the crap out of JR, damn it. Break his arm. Break because his they arm. love him here in Atlanta. He's from WCW. I think Thank, he did used to actually it. commentate for the Georgia Bulldogs, too. Ooh,
5: that must uh, have hurt his heart.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, he he said uh, he he didn't mind it, I guess, and he said that he was like fulfilling his dream of calling football. So ah, that's weird. That I don't know, man. If somebody would be like, "Hey, you want to commentate for a a football game?" It's like, "Yeah, sure." It's like, "Oh, you're gonna be uh commentating for Michigan?" I'm be like, "Ah, God, <laughs> hard pass, dog." <laughs> yeah, that's a no for me, dog. But either way, after this, uh, Triple H turns his back and Ross nails him from behind with a desk fan. Uh, this allows Austin... A, what's the move I've ever seen, by the way? Right. Say that
5: again, by the way. What are you hitting with?
4: His desk fan. Yes. Hey, yep. whatever. Closest <laughs> weapon he had, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, this allows Austin to jump Triple H and then beat him all around ringside. Austin directs JR into the ring. He brings Triple H in, telling JR to punch him while Austin holds him. China ends up running in now and tackling Jr. before punching the hell out of him. Uh, Stone Cold grabs her and socks her in the face. We all know he didn't mind doing that.
5: Wow. Well, uh, <laughs> and over on the other channel, by the way, oh, I just wasn't doing But no man or woman violence in ECW. Yeah. Does
4: anybody right. else
5: see the ironic part of the irony in that? Um,
4: yep. And uh, also ironic that. About six months from now, uh, give or take. Well, I'd say about eight months from now. Austin would be in trouble for allegedly hitting his wife repeatedly. So there you go. But finally, Triple H and China head for the stage. Triple H grabs a mic and says that if those two want to go after him tonight, it's a tag match between Triple H and China versus Stone Cold and jr. Austin asks if the uh, asks the crowd for a hell, yeah. And then agrees to the match. Because you know, you can just do that. You can just make matches.
5: You did not even marry to Stephanie yet either. Huh?
4: Yeah. Uh, but for some reason we see which would become clear later. Oh uh, yeah.
5: A, I was like, oh, well, I guess in the moment. Okay. We
4: okay. see a pen we see a pen full of bulldogs backstage. Those bulldogs have crapped everywhere. Which would also <laughs> become important ish. Ha ha funny Ha (laughs) ha look at him He's crapping Scooping Anyway uh, up next Is daddy ass himself Billy Gunn, With uh, road dog in his corner Taking on crash holly With hardcore holly in his corner Uh, This is building up to it No mercy it's going to be The new age outlaws defending the tag titles Against the holly cousins this goes less We're underrated
5: tag team, I'm just going to say it real quick. But.
4: Oh yeah, I thought Crash was good. Uh, I thought Hardcore Holly was good. I have a Jacks figure of Hardcore Holly.
5: I have no figures because he has no uh, Mattels. Yeah, right. Well, how do you like him now? I would, I would actually honestly want a
4: Sparky float figure. I'm not joking. Because <laughs> it's so damn obscure.
5: Like I said, I love the obscure ones. I think I've said this already.
4: Well, he he also needs a chase where he's uh, he, he's part of uh, the job squad.
5: Now you're talking. See, now you're thinking.
4: Yep. Or put him in a two pack, him and Al Snow, or uh, or him and Steve Blackman. That's even better. <laughs> or we could have a two pack of Al Snow and Steve Blackman. Head cheese.
5: He's <sighs> <It's> getting itchy.
4: <laughs> anyway, uh, this goes less than a minute for the match. Road dog has some weird rhyme that ends up with him saying that he's sending prayers to draws. By the way, we're less than a week removed from draws being paralyzed. Yeah. Freaking sad, dude. I'm not really sure why Billy Gunn says that if you're not down with the Atlanta Braves, you can suck it. Uh, he's from Austin, Texas. I,
5: I prefer him like the Braves and the Rangers. So I'm good with that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I know he's, you know, uh, just playing to the crowd and whatever, but it's like, really? Like, the Braves? Okay. Uh, Gun absolutely cleans the damn floor with Crash, then hits the Fae Master to win. Uh, we're not going to rate any of these matches. There's no point. But after Gunn, the match... Because I did. Yeah. I tried and kind of gave up. But after the match, Hardcore Holly... <laughs> Okay, so for people that don't know, they used to carry around one of those big, like, doctor scales. <laughs> <laughs> and the gimmick was, you see, because Crash was a little feller, uh, he would say he's allegedly well over 400 pounds.
5: No, no, no. He would claim he is. The announcer would say he's
4: allegedly. Oh, okay. Well, and he fixed the scales so that when he stood on it, it would show that he's 400 pounds.
5: I always... Only- Even as a kid, I questioned, like, who the hell wants to be 400 pounds?
4: (laughs) I I just thought it was a stupid gimmick. I'm like, huh? Whatever. I don't know. But either way, they would carry that damn thing around with them because that's practical and all. And hardcore Holly uh, slid in the ring with it and just slammed it into Billy Gunn and then into Road Dog. Holly's beat down the outlaws before we send it
5: it's also worth noting, by the way, that when they broke up, Crash would keep the scale. Hardcore would never talk about it again. So, Oh, no. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Though. Like That was Crash's thing, apparently. Oh, Hardcore's yeah. along for the ride. I, I don't know.
4: Oh, my gosh. Well, he was clearly the personality of the team. <laughs> I'm not even joking. But anyway, uh, Michael Cole is standing by with Mankind, who, for some reason, has his mask, like, sitting on top of his head. He's not wearing it. I never got that, but yeah, it's all it's I like, "Oh, we didn't know
5: who he was." So that part I get, but it's like, what's the point?
4: It's like the Vader thing, where he would like his mask would come off like two seconds into the match. Weird, but apparently mankind was on some show called G versus Z. I I, I don't know what the hell that is.
5: I remember the name. I don't know what the hell it was. Oh,
4: okay, G versus not a show.
5: G versus E? That's what it says. Good versus evil. It was a uh, supernatural comedy drama on the Sci Fi Channel in early 2000.
4: Okay, then. Well, then the subtitles, because I I thought they said E, but I couldn't tell. The subtitles on Peacock are wrong because it said G versus Z. All right, then. A lot of those are generated, I believe. I don't think people are typing in names. That's probably what it was. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. But either way, uh, but they talk about that show mankind says that he may have subconsciously wanted to wrap a chair around the Rock's head up back on SmackDown, but he <sighs> didn't intentionally hit him. Uh, I'm not says, buying it. Right. He then says that uh, before the Rock and Sock connection moves forward, he needs a commitment from the Rock. Oh, man. I I have now, to him. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the, the two pack. Yeah. We now see the poop-filled bulldog pen backstage yet again. (sighs) Georgia Bulldogs, maybe? I'm I'm
5: sitting there um, eating eating chips and stuff, or chips and salsa during, of course, I'm part of Mexican, but hold the joke. Good Lord. Uh, But I'm sitting there eating chips and salsa during this, and I'm like, wow, I just lost my appetite
4: because they kept showing it. (laughs) This was a major thread throughout the show. Why it's only going to get better? Folks. Stay tuned. Oh, we're in Georgia. We got to have bulldogs. Damn it. And They're going to be crap. See I,
5: see, I didn't piece that together until you just said it, but no.
4: Still dumb. But Ivory comes to the ring next to grab a mic and attempts to silence the crowd. She says that she's going to beat the Metamucil out of the, that old sea hag, Mae Young. <laughs> I'll admit I kind of laughed at some of these lines. She then says that she wakes up from nightmares, seeing Mae Young and Fabulous Moolah's wrinkled faces. She tells Mae to strap on her depends because she's going to beat her tonight and end her at no mercy. <laughs>
5: what the hell? See how that works out.
4: Yeah. Before the bell rings, Ivory cracks Mae in the back with a women's title. Mula then runs out and starts beating Ivory down, snap-marrying her all over the ring and pulling at her hair. Why wasn't this a disqualification, or did the match not start? I don't know. Uh, Ivory finally dips out of the ring and runs away while Moolah poses with the women's title. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to I just,
5: I'm watching this and I'm like, man, look at what women's wrestling is now. Holy crap. Right.
4: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Ivory was looking all kinds of roll tide here, but uh, that's not the point. Uh, on that woman, by the way, has never
5: freaking aged. She looks yeah. the exact same now. It is I, insane.
4: I know. It's like the the Arn Anderson effect where it's like because she's always looked kind of older, like I'd say 40 ish, whatever, like just the face. But. Like, she was the same age for years. And it's like, you just came out of the womb looking that way. <laughs> but on commentary, JR supposedly calls The Rock on his car phone. You remember them? Uh, while mankind <laughs> paces in the parking garage. Yeah, this was before self-well. I, I, cell phones were around at this time, but hardly anybody had them.
5: They were like big old bricks, though.
4: Or he had the little weird one that was like it was black and white and blocky on the screen you know i'm talking about yeah you could play snake on it so that was something (laughs) but uh this sure was a blast from the past this whole damn thing i love how the phone rang again by the way after the rock's voice comes over the speaker (laughs) so you know (laughs) this was a real call uh they then play the call over the pa and put his brahma bowl logo up on the tron as soon as that thing comes up on the Tron, the fans think he's coming out, so they're, like, losing their crap. But the Rock says he doesn't give a damn about mankind, and he gets and when he gets to the Georgia Dome, he's going to turn it upside down. And now, backstage, the Red Rooster himself, Terry Taylor, <laughs> is interviewing another animal, the British Bulldog. Uh, while Taylor is asking Bulldog a question, Jerry Lawler just talks over him the entire time, like he doesn't give a damn. Uh, Or was you? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, Bulldog says that he doesn't know why those Bulldogs are backstage. It wasn't his idea, and it's not funny.
5: Yeah, I'd want to distance myself from this, too, if I could. Yeah, right.
4: It wasn't, wasn't even me. I wasn't even there. We now see a clip from WWF Rebellion where the Bulldog burst into the McMahon's office, demanding a WWF title shot. He then whips a trash can or whatever across the room and allegedly knocks out Stephanie. This apparently messed up up her neck and gave her a concussion and amnesia. So how hard did he throw that damn thing? I want
5: to say this is the first time ever one of these uh, UK pay-per-views were, quote, canon.
4: Yeah, right. (laughs)
5: Oh, I guess no. I guess when Shawn Michaels beat Bulldog for the title in 97. Yeah. But they, like, very seldom though where they,
4: they can't and they ever, anything happened to so. Which just goes to show, by the way, like, I don't get the WWF's booking sometimes. They're like, you know, Bull, British Bulldog is like a god over there. And they're like, so we're going to f- him. Like, every time. Like, first, oh, let's have him lose to Shawn Michaels for the European title in England. And then here, it's like, oh, let's, let's have him be a complete... Uh, Crap heel, like that works, right? I,
5: I'm still waiting to see if this is, what is going to do it. We've not really had a
4: hometown thing yet, somebody, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, it's just, I hope to God he turns out. Bruce Pritchard like defends all this. He's like, Well, it's not what you expect. It's like uh, maybe the first couple of times, but when you do it literally every time, it is expected, so you're not subverting expectations. Ugh. And they make a point to point that out, too. So it's not like, oh, well, he won. Who cares if it's his hometown? You know, He, he was going to lose anyway. No, you point it out. We're in so-and-so's hometown. So maybe they'll win. Nope. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> <Swerve. laughs> Ha-ha. Got him, pal. Swerve, bro. Good lord. <laughs> I combined the Vincis. Anyway, uh, we now see, uh, like, a, an interview. With her and Shane and uh, Michael Hayes is talking to him, asking her, oh, how are you doing? Whatever. She said she can't even remember that she's engaged to test and she's supposed to marry him. And she gets really emotional.
5: It was at this point in the show, by the way, I remember about that whole crap.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you remember when test mattered for a minute? That was fun. <laughs> anyway, in the parking lot now, we got more bull crap as Mankind is jumped by Val, Venus, and the British Bulldog to make the weirdest tag team ever. Bro, pair the Bulldog up with a porn star, bro.
5: That
4: makes sense.
5: Now you Mr. Socko down his pants.
4: <laughs> they beat the piss out of him until a group of referees and agents show up to pull them back. Good Lord. After commercial... A wet white stretch limo pulls up into the arena. Commentary thinks that it's The Rock, but it turns out to be Mark Henry with a young woman by his side. The King wonders if that, if that's his sister. I I didn't get that one. I don't want to get it. Yeah. Anyway, up next is... Uh, brace yourself. We might get a match here. It's Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys of Matt and Jeff Hardy.
5: Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think you need to say that when there's only two of them.
4: Hey, it's uh, it's it's two. you know, it's 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 for the the new listeners who uh, are just now picking up on retro wrestling. I'm, I'm trying to be courteous. But Matt and Jeff are still a part of the brood and come up to through the stage with the fire. By the way, uh, I watched this on Peacock were they coming out to their theme, but the brood like video? Yeah. Or was that dubbed over? Yeah. Yeah. They did. Okay. All right. Cause I, I was like, okay, I can't tell if this is dubbed over or not, but
5: I, I personally feel like on Peacock, you can clearly tell it's some stuff.
4: But. Most of the time. Sometimes they do a pretty good job though. Uh, Terry Reynolds is shown watching them from the backstage area, looking all I kinds see. of roll tide. I like to watch. <laughs> Uh it must have been cold back there. But edge is the down
5: every single time you've seen that woman.
4: Who knows? I know. That? Yeah, it's like you not own bras, or at least thick bras. It's like watching friends. Like I don't think any of them owned a bra that wasn't like paper thin.
5: Can we make it clear by the way? No one's complaining here.
4: Just Oh well, yeah, I was just pointing things out. But you know. Oh good. Uh, there you go. Pointing <laughs> things out like Terry was. Uh, Edge hits a downward spiral on Matt. Jackknife covers him, and Jeff hits him with a swanton. That doesn't do it, though, because more moves must be done. Finally, everyone does an outside dive. Hashtag dive. Uh, and both teams brawl outside until the ref calls for the bell, ruling this a double disqualification.
5: Cool. Yeah. Do you remember, by the way, the name of this uh, tournament? They had tournament broke you remember the name of it?
4: It was the Terry Invitational Tournament, or TIT. <laughs> because, ha, ha <sighs> we made a boop joke, pal.
5: I remember one Monday, Jerry Lawler clearly said, oh, tonight's the big TIT. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: I'm sure he was looking oh, forward to it. What? <laughs> Good Lord.
5: And then they but had they a like, Jim subtle. Ross. Jim Ross had a break. It down for when, of course, he means the uh, Terry Invitational Tournaments.
4: <laughs> Jim Ross tried to have a little dignity about it. Uh,
5: I like, by to the way, way, when you have something called whatever, invitational, it's usually somebody or something that matters. If, you know, right. Terry Reynolds, mates, yeah, you know,
4: okay, but well, it's for her services, man. You know, that could mean anything,
5: yeah. Well, uh, All I know, Jerry Waller used double entendres on that, too.
4: Uh you know this going back to this era though and seeing all the crap that Triple H do to to JR, no wonder why. Like people have like put together compilations of JR just like losing his crap about Triple H. You son of a bitch, you dark souled bastard. (laughs) Just like every (laughs) night. (laughs) I'm like, damn, dude. But Backstage, uh, X-Pac is talking to Kane and says that no matter what happens during his match tonight, he has to stay in the back. In the back. In the back. A black stretch limo now pulls in, and The Rock finally steps out of this one in a very shiny shirt. What's funny is that people actually have visual proof that because uh, this was a rumor, but people actually got proof of it of uh, Lawler wearing them on like on TV. Lawler would buy all of the Rock's old shirts when he was done with them. (laughs) I did not know that. There are. Yeah, there's videos where people would put a side by side. They're like, look, he's wearing the Rock's shirt that he wore back in like 98 or whatever. Like, holy crap. And the Rock wore some ugly ass shiny shirts, too. So that's right up King's Alley. But anyway, he makes a beeline for the arena after commercial break of all people Kevin Kelly is standing by with The Rock and no he does not call him herbie here Rock says that he wipes so I his know, ass by with
5: by the way if you don't like him
4: well please die uh, according to uncle dave The Rock says he wipes his ass with how mankind feels about the Rock and Sock connection uh, <laughs> one of we... the greatest lines ever <laughs> when you know, asked wipes about his ass with mankind's feelings <laughs> right <laughs> When asked about his upcoming match With the British Bulldog at No Mercy The Rock says that no one gives a damn About the British Bulldog And he's going to layeth a smacketh down On his candy ass The Rock ends up mocking catchphrases For Ric Flair, Macho Man, and Hulk Hogan Before finally hitting his own Mankind then walks up And gets in The Rock's face Before Mr. McMahon breaks it up And says, tonight, the Rock and Sock Connection Will take on the British Bulldog and Val Venus In tag team match, playa man asses and seats for that one man yeah right man i don't i don't even know what to say that takes us to this it is x-pac taking on farouk with bradshaw in his corner uh this one goes about three and a half minutes and you know when you're taking on Farouk, who has bradshaw backing his ass up why would you not you know, why why would you ever want a giant monster of a man backing you up just in case? That would be stupid. <laughs> Tell Kane to stick his, stay his ass in the back. In the back. Lord. Anyway, X Pac comes to the ring drinking something called Hansen's energy drink. Ah uh, you know, that, Yeah, that clearly, you know, went over great I, because, you know, I, I, think I see it, it everywhere a little, now.
1: I think
5: it
4: had a little bit of um bop in there too. good lord yeah because he goes i was like is he drinking a monster or something like no because monster wasn't around back in 99 like what the hell is this dude i'm gonna be real honest with you i didn't know energy drinks were a thing in 1999 i don't think i did either that kind of shocks me Uh, but either way bradshaw interferes behind the referee's back i know i was shocked too uh, we keep seeing shots of Kane watching the monitor in the back. And in the end, X-Pac kicks Farouk into Bradshaw, who's standing on the apron. He then hits the X-Factor and wins. After the match, though, Bradshaw instantly jumps X-Pac, because, you know, we gotta have an afterbirth. Especially you had to Exactly. And the Acolytes double-team his ass. The lights drop, and Kane comes onto the stage, but he remembers what X-Pac said, and he ends up back, just standing there like a spare prick at the wedding and wow. wanted to borrow a line from Jim uh, uh, Jim Cornette and uh, he just watches X-Pac get his ass beat he then, uh, they, they pretty much beat the piss out of X-Pac until Kane finally runs down to make the save and X-Pac gets angry about it and tells Kane to leave hey look I, I, I wanted them to beat my ass okay, maybe I like it
5: it was a rite of passage.
4: This was dumb. But after we get a replay of the opening segment of the show, J.R. grabs his scripts and heads for the backstage. For the back! Uh, we now see a segment of Mark Henry with the young lady from the limo earlier. He's apparently undergoing sex therapy. She's his therapist. Sure. <laughs> she says that He's going to undergo intense therapeutic measures. He uh, he pulls out some handcuffs and said that the freaks come out at night. <sighs> Good Lord. What, what am I watching? Well, uh, speaking of what am I watching up next? It's Y2J, Chris Jericho and Curtis Hughes. <laughs> Taking on the headbangers of Mosh and Thrasher. It goes three and a half minutes. What the F, man?
5: Uh, every match is like three and a half minutes.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's a long match. But Hughes goes to break up a cover for on Jericho. Mosh moves at the last second, and Hughes hits Jericho. Jericho gets mad, stands up, and shoves him. Hughes, sho- Hughes shoves back, and then Jericho punches him before walking out. The headbangers then hit the stage dive on Hughes before pinning him for the win. And Michael Cole is on commentary by this point. And like he acted like he was so excited that he knew the name of their move. Like, did you did you <laughs> yeah. realize that? That's like, oh, the stage that, dive! Uh, yeah, that's the stage dive. They hit it. They hit the stage dive. It's the stage dive. Like, good lord, dude. Like, bring it down a notch. But it's better man because backstage does it oh god the big show Yeah. hold on strap in for this one yeah strap in for this one (laughs) yeah there you go backstage the big show is nearly in tears when D'Lo Brown walks up and asks if there's anything he can do the big show reveals that his father has terminal cancer and there's nothing they can do about it this by the way is not true. His father died many years after this. Uh, this, by the way, was sick. Right. Dilo says to call him if there's anything he can do. Uncle Dave thinks this is pretty low for a wrestling show and wonders why the WWF is paying the big show a guaranteed $950,000 per year for the next nine plus years for this crap. Well. He's got a bit of a point. <laughs>
5: Yeah, the big show is getting paid, so that's just all that matters. <laughs>
4: it's just—you think of the career of Big Show, man. It's just why? Why not? Uh, I don't think this is a situation for why not. It's just, just why? Uh, and then after the commercial break, if that wasn't enough crap. Here's literal crap. Uh, the rock. By this record- time, I'm already done eating. By the way, <laughs> thank God. Uh, the Rock is directing mankind to scoop up the poop from the Bulldogs and put it on this big-ass tray. Where did he get that tray? From Big-Ass Trays R Us.
5: Big-Ass Trays for Dog Crap R Us.
4: Uh, that That's a hell of a long name. Do you think you, could, you uh, could that fit on the LLC? <laughs> <laughs> but The Rock says that they're going to shine it up real nice, turn it sideways, and stick it straight up their candy asses before walking away. Mankind is my favorite part of this whole thing because he said, I don't think you can shine this up. <laughs> yeah. And then when the rock walks away, he's like, uh, I think I think scoops is a boy dog. <laughs> God, this is so dumb. <laughs> uh, okay. oh. Wait, you never heard of shining a turd before? Come on, Mick, get with it. Uh, speaking of shining up turds, up next is The Godfather versus Mark Henry in a Ho Jack match. so already!
5: If you've been paying attention, you know exactly where the hell this is going.
4: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Goes for I a actually minute. forgot where this went,
5: like in the moment, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, well, I can already see it." So, go ahead.
4: <laughs> uh I stopped counting already. By the way, and we're only about halfway through the show. I stopped counting the things that would not fly in 2022 already. Just the show. Yeah, this entire show would not fly.
5: Yeah, you might still get the dog crap stuff. Maybe, I don't know. But that's about I, it.
4: The, the thing is, now that Vince McMahon is gone, I, I don't think any, and we can say what we want about Tony Khan, I don't think he has a sense of humor to be like, oh yeah, let's have him scoop, scoop well, up dog poop on yeah,
5: show. Oh, hold on, though. What, what you're describing is stuff we could potentially not say. You said won't fly.
4: As in, like, oh, well, okay, well, they, so they can't it can't do it, so you gotta, okay, so you, what do you could,
5: you? yes, yeah, okay. Okay. okay,
4: so you could get it on the <laughs> show, then, yeah, you but you won't, uh, and you see I that, he's yeah. crying. And by the way, I'm gonna refer to them as the hoes because that's what they were called, and yeah, uh, uh, god, but but you gotta
5: put that disclaimer means yes, we will be talking about them a lot in this match, but go ahead,
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, this goes for about a minute and a half. So, you Way know, too long. match of the year. Uh, the sex therapist is interviewed backstage and says that if Mark can concentrate on the match and not get distracted, he'll be on the road to recovery in no time. Yeah. Uh, Godfather hits the hoe train. Okay, see where we're going. <laughs> Godfather hits the hoe train from behind, rolls Mark up into a schoolboy and wins. The dreaded schoolboy. Good lord! By the way, I forgot both of well, those guys were in the uh, nation of domination.
5: Uh, yeah, right. I forgot that too until so I thought about it afterward. The uh, he wasn't going to do the pimp drop. Real name, by the way. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. big as Godfather is, he wasn't going to get him up for the pimp drop. So I guess the school oh, board
4: makes me. sense here. And he was a big effing man too. Yeah, he was. It's such an effing man. <laughs> uh but. The hose hit the ring, and Mark Henry smiles and dances with him after the match, even though he just lost. His sex Wouldn't therapist you? is oh, yeah, especially some of them they had there. Yeah, uh, his sex therapist is shaking her head in anger in the back. The hose then pile on top of Mark on the mat. Oh, god, this uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> it's like the whole thing is like, Oh, we're he's going
5: to do sex therapy. We're going to put him in there with a the pimp and his ladies. That'll fix him.
4: Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> his, his, <sighs> his women of the night is, his women of ill repute. <laughs> but backstage, Kevin Kelly is interviewing triple H in China about their tag team match. Later, triple H says that Austin will not be able to ever stand up to him in the ring. And as far as Jr., he stuck his nose in, uh, in his business and now tonight, there's going to be a good old slobber knocker. I, I don't know if you sense this as well, but Triple H was not at peak game for his promos just yet. Like, No,
5: I mean, it's coming, like, 2000.
4: Yeah. I feel like he was still kind of warming up to the gimmick. He wasn't quite there yet. He was getting there, but eh. And it's weird because, like, and I get why, because his promo style in DX was way different than it is here now. Now he's like, you know, the, the game, and he's badass. Well, I wasn't
5: really doing promos in DX. He was just being obnoxious and juvenile. So it's a lot easier yeah. to get
4: away with that. And then when he had to spar back and forth with, you know, ones like The Rock and Austin and stuff like that, like, uh, he would become one of the best promo guys in the business. But here, he's still working on it. The big boss man now grabs uh, comes to the ring and grabs a microphone before his match to tell the big show he doesn't really care about any problems that he may have. He says that the big show has a bigger problem in the ring with the big boss man. The big show needs to get his fat ass out there. By the way, at this time, big show wasn't even fat. Uh, he was in pretty good shape. <laughs> he was in pretty good shape at this time. But this match is the big boss man versus the big show goes about half a minute. We get a jump start in front of the ring as Boss Man runs at show and show sidekicks him in the face. Uh, Big show-, Pig show dominates the Boss Man until Boss Man grabs his nightstick and just lambastes Show for a DQ. Why did this happen? To get to more crap we don't care about. What do you uh, say? Al- I mean, this feud sucked. Uh, Al Snow now runs to the ring to save Big Show and beat up on the Boss Man. He falls during a back body drop attempt that looked pretty scary. A boss man eventually grabs his nightstick and takes out Al Snow. Referee Teddy Long, funny to say, demands that big boss man leave, so he does. You know, if this was like Teddy Long in about three years, he'd be making this a tag match, player.
5: One of them would be oh, one-on-one with the Undertaker, too.
4: Exactly.
5: Also, I got to point out, by the way, this is, hot. Hot off the, this is fresh off the heels of the hot match from Unforgiven, I believe, right? Was this this year?
4: Uh, Were you talking the dog kennel from hell?
5: Was that this year? I think it was this year, was it?
4: I, I, I'm going to say yes. Uh, I think it was this
5: year. It's Unforgiven 99, I want to say. I want to say that's right.
4: Yeah, the uh, Unforgiven 99, that is correct.
5: Kennel me. from hell.
4: That is correct. Yep. <sighs> so if people don't know what that is it's al snow versus the <laughs> boss man and there was a cage, like the blue bar cage around the ring and then the hell in a cell over that and between the two cages they had dogs pissing and sh- all over the mat outside the ring so oh and humping i forgot humping they were doing that
5: so, and there's a the, uh for some reason, Mick Foley put it on one of his old DVDs, and him and Kevin Kelly did commentary for it. Kevin Kelly said, "Well, what happens if these dogs decide to mate, and they have a whole pack of rabid
4: dogs right here running all over the place? What are we going to do then?" <laughs> Good Lord! Yeah, this whole thing. Uh, oh man! I, I know it's shocking, but this whole thing sucked. Whole thing sucked. It was embarrassing. You. And the whole thing was built on uh, that Boss Man uh like kidnapped al snow's dog pepper and like killed fed it. him he killed it, it. <laughs> and fed it to al snow
7: what the fu-
4: <sighs> these are words so, that i am saying
5: i i don't know why i'm just now thinking about this so within a couple of months span he cooked and killed cooked and fed a dog to a to its owner and yep. made fun of a man's die, uh, cancer-stricken dying father.
4: And not to spoil Jeez. anything, but after uh, Big Show's father, Kayfabe, dies, and they have a Kayfabe funeral, uh, Big Show or, or a boss man during the Kayfabe funeral drives his freaking uh, Blues Brothers car through the damn uh, uh, like cemetery with a loudspeaker Going, ha-ha, your dad is dead! Your dad is dead! Ha-ha-ha!
5: And then drags the, the coffin it changed, out.
4: Chains the <laughs> casket to the back of his car and drives it through the cemetery while Cho jumps on the casket and takes a ride.
5: What the fuck? This is 100% real. None of this is, of not this a fever is dream. made up.
4: We are not Vince being Russo funny. Vince Russo didn't book any of that. He probably on, booked though. the dog he, he thing. He might
5: have. We don't know. It might have been residuals. We don't know. To be fair. Then why did they I, keep it? I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not defending anything. I'm just saying it could have very well been him.
4: Um, I don't know. Bro, his dad's going to die and be gone forever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, why? <laughs> this, uh, I guess. Uh, like I had I had compared Vince Russo in the past to a like a, a nasty rank fart that you rip in the elevator and then you get off on the floor but it sticks around for a couple of floors like the next person to get on the elevator is going to smell it like that's kind of him in WWF and WCW because after he's gone forever bro from WCW the booking doesn't change <sighs> so what the hell like people does he give people amnesia? Like they forget how to book properly? Well, no, he he already gave seven amnesia. What are you talking about? <sighs> God, yeah. You gotta be careful with your words, dude. This <laughs> is something. <sighs> Why was WWE doing well? Ever, this ever time.
5: defend that idiot? But like, clearly, it wasn't all him.
4: Right. <laughs> you know. uh, it, well, it's just like uh, they, what they sucked by osmosis. either way we now go back to see mankind with a rather large pile of dog crap that he is now scooped up and put on that giant tray okay god yeah i'm just trying to figure out is this like shoot dog crap do we know god i hope not because of what we're gonna see later on
5: okay but and that's again oh god i'm gonna get more in the weeds on this but it looked pretty legit.
4: That's what it I did. Thought. My thing was, there was like <laughs> grass and hay in it. Like, where did that come from? Because they were crapping on concrete. I, don't know. I, mean, I mean, it was shoot dog crap. I, I don't know. If it was, I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll get into it at the end of the show. But uh, we see Steve Austin now talking strategy with Jr., who's also wearing a Steve Austin uh, baseball T-shirt. Or baseball shirt, not T-shirt.
5: A few Austin. matches he had, he always wore, like, a jersey. You notice that? <laughs> the other uh, match the... he had with uh, King against Coach and uh, Alston, he wore a Sooners jersey. So That's true. Yep.
4: yep. Uh Austin's spitting tobacco juice into a cup, by the way. So, mmm, tasty. <laughs> but we now get the tag match. It's Triple H and Shane versus Stone Cold Steve Austin and Jr. Jim Ross. JR comes out first for reasons uh, and waits outside of the ring. Triple H now slides out that of the song. ring and, and attacked him because why wouldn't he? <laughs> right.
5: uh, you got to get the Joe star on the announcer. You might
4: kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is why I was like, I, like, I know what they were setting up for. Well, why logically would Jr. be like, right, I'm going to come out before you, Steve. And, I, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I'll just stay in there and wait for your ass. Like, no, <laughs> you go out first. <laughs> I'll have your I'll have your six. Like, God, this is
5: uh, I guess I didn't be that together either.
4: <laughs> Logic just flies out the window with this show, man. I just I don't know. But either way, he beats the piss out of Jr. for, for a about a couple seconds, I don't know, 10 seconds or so, until Stone Cold makes his big entrance. He runs out and brawls tri- with Triple H all the way up to the stage. He beats him to the backstage, or excuse me, back to ringside area. Uh, he then brawls with Triple H all around and into the crowd, and even to the backstage. Uh, in the ring, China is beating the piss out of JR. <laughs> she eventually hits the pedigree on him before... Jeff Jarrett runs out and hits her in the head with a toaster.
5: Because we forgot there's a side plot to this, folks. Yeah. Now, real, <laughs> real quick, I just want to do, do a quick side detour. So in this part right here we're watching, she's Triple H's valet, whatever, and she's a total heel. But right. on the other side, she's a pro uh, woman from Woman's Choice, whatever. And she's standing up to the misogynistic pig, so she's a face over there.
4: Right. Yeah. Uh, she's okay. like standing so up for like. There's two like, uh, things
5: going on. People don't realize this. You forget because I had forgotten until we saw this. I'm like, oh yeah, there are two things going on.
4: Yeah. I she don't is understand a, that. She's a strong. Uh, she's a strong, independent woman that don't need no man except for Triple H. Uh, <laughs> but then, uh, yeah. But Jeff Jarrett's like, oh, you're a woman, so you belong in the kitchen. And so that's going to lead to a good housekeeping match at No Mercy, which will be Jeff Jarrett's swan song in the WWF. And by God, what a way to go out
5: until uh, we see him in uh, New Orleans, I believe. Right.
4: Uh, Yeah. Yep.
5: That's kind of crazy to think about. Oh, yeah.
4: Well, yeah, because after Nitro or uh, after WCW shuttered, we got the he spells his name j-e-double-f-j-a-double-r-e-double-t but i spell it f-i-double-r-double-e fired
5: Fisher said that was legit he really fired him right there
4: <laughs> yeah and uh that's oh, no, was... not funny
5: but like wow on live tv no f's yep. given dude
4: yep wow uh, and well, and he said he, uh, Jarrett was a good sport about it too. Cause he's, uh, cause for anybody who doesn't know, Pritchard was part of the crew that got sent down to the last Nitro. And he said Jarrett was literally standing right next to him, watching it on a monitor. And he, he laughed about yeah. it and walked.
5: No, it. that's a lie. Because uh, when we saw it, uh, he was packing his bags and stuff. we're doing something in the back. So no, he's lying. Oh Except yeah. That was all taped. I'm not buying it.
4: <laughs> right. But he said Jarrett was literally watching it on the monitor. He said he he chuckled and shook his head and walked off like <laughs> whatever. Know, well, he said, "Well, well, you know he he's like, hey, I I got me a side plan, you know, huh? Well, you know, <laughs> but anyway, well, and you know what a, what a way for him to go out in the WWF, you know? They always say." When when you leave the business, you go out on your back, you know, covered in flour. What? Uh, But anyway, uh, so Jeff Jarrett, uh, getting back to this, blasting her in the head with a toaster, because of course he did. Uh, He then calls out Miss Kitty, uh, the future (sighs) Mrs. Lawler, or current Mrs. Lawler. I don't remember. One of
5: them. I don't know how that went. (laughs) He
4: calls her out, uh, and she brings one of those. Big laundry hampers that you roll. You always see like like hospitals and stuff. And he tosses China into it. They close it up. And then they push the hamper backstage. And we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, As Austin and Triple H. If you've watched wrestling ever in your life, you know exactly where it's going. But go ahead. Right. (sighs) Uh, But this is as Austin and Triple H finally come fighting back from the backstage and into the crowd again. They brawl into a nacho cart and then into a beer cart. Sounds like a good night to me.
5: Real sentences right
7: there.
4: Austin cracks open a cold one and then goes back to the ring as his music plays. So (laughs) I guess this didn't start and didn't finish. But backstage, Miss Kitty is begging Jeff Jarrett not to do what he's about to do. But he does it anyway because, you know, he's a real man. He's a cold-hearted
5: bastard, but yes. (laughs)
4: Do you have no heart? Do you have no soul? You go straight to hell. Anyway. Uh, I hope the volunteers lose next week. <laughs> I'm sure they would, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but he sh- he shoves that laundry bin with China inside off the loading dock in the parking lot.
5: As I said earlier, if you've ever watched us you knew exactly where this was going, did not take a <sighs>
4: Well, after the commercial break, EMTs put a neck brace on a bloody-ass china. She, I mean, maybe if she landed, like, headside down, she would have been bleeding. Yeah, I'm that like, that, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> but we're about to get in the main event, so I guess we should take our second-to-last break. Yeah, folks,
5: believe it or not, that was not the main event. you think it would. I mean, you know, you'd know, think Austin Triple H would be the main event.
4: No, we got we to gotta bring a crappy ending to this show, literally. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean that figuratively. I, I literally mean literally. But uh, we're going to take our next break. On well, the other, other end of this, it's main event time. Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod.
0: I, 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 I hey, yeah, the ending. yeah, it's all right, good on you. Yeah. Instagram, also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, but we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K.
1: you
0: mate. Take it easy.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
4: Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash Main Event Marks.
5: And we're back. We're back for sure. And here we go with crap.
4: Ah. It's the British Bulldog and Val Venus, not spelled like the planet, but spelled like uh, penis with a V.
3: Just that star,
4: out. Bro. God dang it, pal. Balance. Uh shut up. <laughs> uh oh. they're taking on yes. the rock and sock connection. Wow. If they would have just had like a, a trio uh and added Valvinus, they could have been the rock and sock and I'm not gonna say it. Wow. <laughs> but it, it's uh the rock and mankind. But mankind carries the tray of dog crap to the ring with him.
5: Again, that is a real sentence.
4: <laughs> uh, man, this this show, uh, this one gets a jump start in the ring, of course, but things finally ever get back. If anything,
5: to- didn't need a jump start, it's a match with a guy carrying a load of crap. <laughs> okay,
4: I, I feel like that's a symbolism <laughs> for something, but you know, whatever. Uh, hey, I see he's carrying a WCW to the ring, anyway. <laughs> When things finally get back to normal and The Rock gets tagged in, the crowd goes wild. Mankind ends up chasing Val Venus to the back with Mr. Sacco. The Rock brings the tray of dog crap into the ring. Again, that is a real (laughs) sentence. And he hits (sighs) the British Bulldog with the rock bottom into the poop.
5: I'm not going to say it again, but well, you, should, you should understand it by now. None of this is made up. <sighs>
4: <laughs> this is real. <laughs> it's all on Peacock. He tries for the people's elbow, but the bulldog rolls over and the rock stops, not wanting to get covered in crap himself. He then climbs the turnbuckle and poses as his music plays. So again, this match never started or finished. <sighs> Main event but backstage 30,000 plus people, by the way,
5: paid and you this. thought the finger poke of doom in that arena was the worst
4: thing they saw. At least they had matches on that show. All right. God. And at least I would take the Goldberg uh, is stalking me thread through the show over the scooping dog poop thread any day of the week. <sighs> But oh, I gotta admit,
5: I didn't think that's as bad as people make it out to be. I, like, I thought it was kind of brilliant. It's a way to get him out of the arena. But it's everything yeah, else. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but
4: think yeah, it to, I think it was stupid not that... I think it was dumb not to have him like on the show, other than you know that quick run out at the end. But, you know, whatever. Other than that... But backstage, Stone Cold is walking and gets jumped by Triple H again... Fight forever. And they at this brawl,
5: point, I'm convinced he's not doing anything because he, like we know he's legit hurt. He's going right. to one more match and he's going to be gone for a year. But yeah.
4: Yep. Well, they brawl all over the place. And then Austin throws Triple H into the shower room and says, take that, you son of a bitch. And then we hear rattling. And Triple H looks over to see a giant ass rattlesnake. Austin then turns out the lights closes the door as Triple H shouts in horror, and the show comes to a close. <laughs> uh, <sighs> I'm going to get to my wrap-up here in a second, but just about this. <sighs> Triple H shows up the next week with a giant ass, like, like a bruise on the side of his face, like he got bit. It wouldn't look like that.
5: Like, not at so. Yeah, your your whole face would be paralyzed uh, and blown up was, like a basketball. Um,
4: and and I'm assuming like Austin did this with the uh, like uh, even if he had him like devenomized or whatever, uh, he still has giant ass teeth. And that was a big ass effing snake. Even so devenomized, line- is still going to do some
5: poisonous damage to you. I mean, half the savage too. Remember? So
4: yeah. Um, well, I, well, he said he, like, swelled up and turned black and blue, whatever. So, I get that. But, like, what the frick? And how does this not constitute... There were so many things that Stone Cold did that it's like, how is that not assault or attempted murder?
5: Let, oh, me, oh. let, me, let me throw one on there for you. This is 1999. He throws yeah. him in the shower. Rattlesnakes. Almost <laughs> kill him. Fast forward one year. Triple H is the car. Picks him up yep. on a forklift, dumps the car upside down.
4: And then he shows up a week later oh. and he's fine.
5: In just like two straight years, he committed brutal attempted murder on a man. On the,
4: on the same <laughs> guy. Around you know, the
5: same exact time, mind you.
4: I feel <sighs> less bad about, like, now I feel like Triple H running him down with a car was justified. <laughs> Good grief, man. man. This is effed up. <laughs> God. Oh, it'll all help it. And the thing is, this wasn't in like private with like hearsay or something. No, no, no. <laughs> this is on national TV. <laughs> that'll hold up
5: in court, you know, just like uh Jarrett and Engels custody battle, you know. holds yeah. up in court, dude.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he did do it in the confines of a wrestling show, so case dismissed. Thank a gavel.
5: Oh man.
4: And uh my I gotta ask, you know, just a couple of weeks before this, Triple H allegedly had a rattlesnake in a bag and beat like mercilessly beat the crap out of it to kill it. Uh for reasons. And then here, Austin is using a rattlesnake to attack another human being uh in a shower room. So uh where's Peta? that's my what? question also and, and another thing about the snake bite thing so he only bit him one time snakes yeah, aren't like right? be snakes aren't like, like bees man they don't like sting once a whole and whole,
5: then die like the snake with a whole hog on him
4: yeah he would have like he would have killed him like good whatever i know we're analyzing this but it's just dumb I, as a kid, I didn't think anything of it, but now I'm just like, this is cartoonish.
5: Crap. Well, what's, uh, what's that? Uh, Bishop so hindsight's always 2020.
4: Yeah, right. Well, wrapping this all up, this was not a great show, as we've <laughs> pointed out in great detail. Uh, and if
5: you guys are going to rag on it, I'm just going to say this right now. Uh, I had nothing to do with this.
4: <laughs> well,
5: T.J is under that bus by himself. I'm watching it go by.
4: Well, the only reason I picked this one is because of the hist- like the historic nature of WWF holding a raw in the Georgia Dome. So there's that. But I will
5: say... The this crowd is called uh, Troy justifying his decision, folks. But whatever.
4: That's honestly... Like, I didn't look at the card. I didn't look at anything about this. I literally picked it for that reason and that reason alone. So, I, yeah.
5: I, I'm glad we watched it back because I had forgotten about this. I will say that.
4: Um, yeah. yeah. As a kid, I didn't get how historic this was, them being in the Georgia Dome, because I didn't watch WCW really, other than I, I would catch bits and pieces of it here and there. But uh, I wasn't a Nitro or I wasn't a WCW guy. So, but
5: before we wrap up, can you look up the ratings for this and see how it did?
4: The ratings from obviously Nitro had the unopposed third hour at the beginning. They (laughs) unopposed. Keep this in mind. They pulled in a 3.6, which in 2022 wow. is awesome. In 1999, not so much. i um, sure Raw did six. So you yeah. tell
5: me that Raw as a whole
4: doubled their first hour,
5: unopposed first hour, I might add.
4: Yep. Uh, from nine to 10, raw, uh, raw did a 6.1. Nitro did a 2.2. And in the 10 to 11 hour, they uh, raw did a 6.0, nitro did a 2.0. So, all together, uh, at the end of the night, raw 6.1, nitro 2.6. That is an ass whooping and a half. They tripled it basically, bent them over too. Wow, but uh, either way, so
5: you tell way, me I, I, they literally beat WCW with crap. Somebody telling
4: me, <laughs> quite literally, yes, hose and crap. But I will say, if I have to say anything really positive about this show, the crowd was super hot for this. So they knew oh, who yeah. they wanted. They knew who they liked. There you go. But here's here's the wrap up. We had a total of three clean-ish pinfalls. One person walking out on his partner so that his partner could get pinned. Two disqualifications and three non-finishes.
5: Three! And a, and a partridge and a pair of treatments.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that takes us to our final break of the podcast. On the other end of this, we're getting into final ratings and what's coming up to wrap up October. Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks
7: and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Main event Marks pod. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey it's about nostalgia it's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan the podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world whether it's wwf wwe wcw ecw we even cover the golden eras of ring of honor progress tna and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day, huh? Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard.
6: Hi, I'm Maria.
2: And I'm Mike. And we're Team
6: team ready. Ready.
4: are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks.
0: And we're back. We're back.
4: Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this a 5.8 out of 10. Uh I gave it a 6 out of 10 for an F. What say you?
5: Yeah, you it an F. Maybe T-minus.
4: Yeah, I, D-. I, I just, I would think that D minus isn't isn't unreasonable.
5: I, I was all over the place with this, so we agree. Yeah. It was crap. Okay, no pun intended, but <laughs> good. It was, grief. it was it was trash though. But it
4: was yeah. They were not bringing the thunder here, but uh, they were way out ahead. They were complacent. So this is what we got. Oh my gosh. Uh, either way, uh. That does it for this one, man. It's the first RAW from the Georgia Dome. Next week, we're wrapping up October with TNA Bound for Glory 2005. I haven't watched it yet, so I still, still need to I don't watch need that to one.
5: watch it, but I probably will just to get re just to familiarize, familiar whatever the hell that word is, familiarize. Yes, <laughs> there it is. Thank you uh, with it because it's like I. I remember all the matches and all the outcomes, but I don't remember some of the little stuff, so.
4: Yeah, uh, I don't, I know I've seen it before. Say that. Um, I
5: I definitely ordered it and watched it live, so, but.
4: Yeah, I I watched it forever ago. I don't really remember much about it, uh, other than, you know, the main event not being what was advertised. So, there was that.
5: Card subject to change.
4: Yeah, on your biggest show of the year, the main event for the world title. Ugh, whatever.
5: Well, when you what it was originally going to be, I'd be like, yeah, okay.
4: Makes sense. Yeah, right. But that does it for October. You think we should uh, tell them what's coming up in November? Let their whistle? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So, starting off hot, man. Uh, November, we are bringing you, November 2nd, we're bringing you WCW's World War Three, 1995. The very first a
5: sleeper of a well, the main event, I should say. I don't remember the undercard, but the main events a kind of a sleeper.
6: Because
5: at the uh, time it was kind of shocking.
4: Yeah, it's not bad. It's the very first ever World War Three show. Nineteen ninety-five, as we mentioned, was not great, but WCW had a couple decent shows that year. Uh This was okay. The thing that made me laugh was there was a uh, quote unquote giant in every ring. Uh, Because for those that don't know, it was a three ring battle royal. Well, it was originally going to be Giant Gonzalez or uh, El Gigante, whatever, in one of the rings. They couldn't get him. So Hulk Hogan was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Hulk Hogan was the giant in his ring. And then in another ring, we had the Yeti, dressed as an effing ninja. Because that makes in, sense. <laughs> and in the other ring, uh, well, and I'm going to borrow this from you. So that's insinuating that when he dressed as a mummy, that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and then in the third ring, we had the Giant. And uh, I wonder, by match. the way, if we were
5: able to get John Gonzalez, they have had some like big showdown amongst us because.
4: Uh, <sighs> no. Yeah. Hey, you know, I would have paid good pennies to see that, man.
5: In 1995, you couldn't even get this nefariously. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. A thing. yeah, I don't remember. I, I really don't remember. But
4: uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But that's uh, that's coming up on November 2nd. November 9th. Bringing you another TNA in 07 show. We're we're almost done with the journey here, people. So strap in. It's TNA Genesis 2007. Uh, I don't remember this one. So
5: I don't either. Have to go back and watch it.
4: Yeah, Genesis was hit or miss, whether or not it mattered. So we'll see. So there you go. Uh, and this show is uh, thank thankfully done. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. We will see you all next week with another Bound for Glory from
3: O5.